Dorktales presents Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a Feywild adventure. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Uh, this is a special episode tonight, actually, because uh, instead of running episode four, we are running a how to run chapter one. Because uh, if you've been watching, you saw that we just recently completed the Witchlight Carnival portion of Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and we're going to be moving into this. Uh, we have an ulterior motive for this, and that is that Krista is quite sick uh, because she caught something um, babysitting her nephews. Uh, yeah, hey, we it, got pumpkins and we got to ride on a train, but I also got train. very sick out of it. So, <laughs> well, thank, thankfully, it's just like kid cold and not, you know. Yes, I have a negative COVID test, so I'm hopefully not dying. Oh, good. We, we were very, we were very nervous about this, but we didn't want to announce anything or anything. That's but, all good. Uh, <laughs> And you'll be muting off and on for that, so that'll be good. Uh, so, folks, uh, tonight what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about Chapter 1 of Wild Beyond the Witchlight. And uh, so there might be spoilers. Uh, there probably will be spoilers, actually. So if you are looking to play this, be warned that we're going to be spoiling Chapter 1 and Chapter 1 only, um, as far as I can tell. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the module as a whole. And also, um, I want you to hear from the players and see what they thought of the game and uh, what things they preferred to do so that when it's time for you to run for your players or for play under your dungeon master you know what to do and what to go for because yeah it's nice learning from experience uh, so without further ado why don't we go ahead and do introductions so uh, i'm kelly i'm the dungeon master here i you see him and if this is your first time watching uh dork tales welcome and uh yeah i think that's it for me uh i'm an aquarius and uh i need a lot of coffee today because it's been it's been a long one man um all right, why don't we pass the ball? Let's just do a big loop. So I'll pass it to Christine. Hello, I'm Christine. Um, I play Gwendolyn Shafra in this game. Uh, she is our human monk. Uh, I use she, her pronouns, and I don't know, I'm a Virgo. Nice. I don't know why that's nice. Let's pass it over to Hayden. Mm. You're nice. And I unmuted. There we go. Hi. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Hayden Davio. I use they them pronouns, uh, and usually I play Nico Freya, the Kitsadria Archfey Warlock. Hello. Nice. All right, let's quickly pass it down to Krista. Hi guys, I'm Krista. Um, I usually play Isaac Rinaldi of the Runagling. Um, when I and my voice is deeper actually even than this right now. This is just smelly cat sick voice. Um, <laughs> and I'm Scorpio. Uh, awful. Well, right now fruit snacks. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> uh, let's pass it over to Robin. There's the there's the button there's the button cronk. I can do it. Um, hello everyone. I'm Robin. I use she her or they them pronouns, and I usually play a uh, epic rap battle boss, Cecira Novus. Um, <laughs> Cecira Novus versus <laughs> versus Julia Child, Dungeon Master. Um, yeah. Um, I'm a Leo. And let's pass it to Caitlin. Hello, everyone. I'm Caitlin. Um, usually I play Luthien Eredel, our high elf fighter in the Chronicle. Um, I'm a Sagittarius. And I'm wearing my medic shirt tonight. Nice. Because I felt like it. Yep. Yep. I've had this for like, oh my god, who knows how long. So long, but worth it. It's very good. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> 
so folks, we are going to be talking about Wild Beyond the Witchlight and how to run it. So uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, if you are unaware, is the brand new module uh, adventure path from Wizards of the Coast. Uh, and it's honestly one of the best ones they've ever done in my experience. Um, looking through it, it is a lot of stuff that is um, akin to a fairy tale. And it really fits the kind of the mindset of what an adventure should feel like. A lot of Wizards of the Coast mods tend to like get kind of off on tangents that don't really feel like they make sense. Whereas the way this one's structured really seems very cohesive. Uh, and like I said, we're not gonna spoil anything beyond uh, chapter one. So minor spoilers ahead. So uh, first of all, in our game, if you've been watching so far, you've seen that the characters have done um, primarily uh, we have been working off of one of the two opening stories. Uh, now, in one of them, you are playing children who, well, you're playing people who have lost things to the carnival as children who have returned looking for their lost items or things about the character, which I'm not going to reveal. Uh, but there's something that you lost at the carnival and you're looking to get it back. Um, each one of these things is revealed to be held by a hag somewhere in the Feywild. And uh, depending on where you get, uh, or where you are, uh, where your stuff is taken to, that's when you get it back. And until you get it back, uh, your character can't have inspiration, which is pretty great. Uh, there's another path that you can start with where a warlock comes and uh, basically is like, hey, my patron is not answering my phone call. She's ghosted me. Can you go in and look for her? And he sends you on a quest. The only really good part about that one is this amazing art of like his giant pumpkin patch. Because I'm all about that. But um, besides that, I love that, it. I know, right? It's so good. So good. Uh, so, um, I really, really prefer the first one. I love stuff where people's past come into play, and then you have linking, linking backgrounds. It's it's something that really, I love really, the thing I've lost. Yes, and nobody say what you've lost except for the ones who who knows. I'm really curious. Out of those two options, so in this one, uh, they they literally set it up saying use this hook if your players don't like the idea of their characters having to find things that they lost as children and would prefer a more traditional adventure setup. What do you think? Like, because I asked you when we were doing this which one you'd like, and I think you unanimously voted for the first one. But do you have any insights on that or like why you like this one better? Because I know why I do, but I'll I'm going to be talking a lot so. I think um, it feels a lot more fey. It feels a lot more you're brought into it because of this innate connection you have that you don't really quite realize until mm. it happens. I also think it's more personal. It's more of yeah, a reason of why our characters would want to to go somewhere um, versus like other than like, hey, adventurers, here's one some coin to do this to to do this task for me. It's like, no, I'm gonna try and get something mm. I've lost. So yeah. I like it because it's more personal. I feel like there's more. Yeah. It's more real life for like motivation. Like it's still whimsical and f very fey, but it feels also like, yeah, this would be a reason why my character like would do this normally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We don't like to say that our D&D &D heroes are selfish, but at the end of the day, they're, if you make them a little selfish, they're um, a lot more realistic. Yeah. They feel like yeah. people. Yeah. Absolutely. But it also gave us a lot of like nice story hooks to play with for character purposes. Like yeah. mine's fantastic. And oh, I love yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, mine. It's it's basically defined the character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which has been great. Um, because the idea occurred to Kelly while we were talking about it, like before the game started. Well, and it's and it was so something that was like that. perfect for you. Now I don't think that 
I don't know if anybody has figured out what you've lost yet, so I don't want to. I don't want to share that. Um, well, that yeah, was a question said in like the from, first episode. Yeah. Uh, was it? Was it? Yeah, like all of us have shared luck. it. Oh, Not did you? Everyone. No, no I don't know. Sure for the most part, but yeah. <laughs> mine isn't shared. So um, a lot uh, of them got dropped really I've quickly. Half lost. Yeah. I've half said mine. Okay. Hmm. So one of someone in the chat just asked. Should the PCs keep the lost thing a secret from each other? I think that you should. I mean, my vote is that the PCs should keep it secret till it comes out organically. Yeah. And it worked really well for mine for the first episode, for example, in that Wynn's a little stupid. She's not too smart. Yeah. And she also didn't, I didn't see any reason to keep it secret. Yeah. Keep it safe. It's like, it's pretty damn obvious what, well, I mean, not necessarily the actual detail of what she lost. But the way she acted, like it was, it was right there, and she, she didn't see any reason to keep it secret. So yeah. depends I, on I what shared, it is and your character. Yeah, I shared Isaac's out of character very quickly because it was way too funny, out of character. But mm. in character, he's probably a little touchy about it, so he's not gonna right. Mm. Like yeah, I, I, yeah. I think yeah, I, I I would say that if you want, if you want more, um, PC potential tension. Uh, if that's kind of what you're going for is maybe a little bit of tension between characters i think keeping it fully secret so no one has out of character knowledge they can accidentally or purposefully play on i think that i think you should keep them secret but if you all just want to be buddy buddy about it i might as well I share i mean i kind of like the idea that you keep it secret in a fun way not in a conspiratorial yeah. way like it's where like it's a surprise yeah. that you're sharing with friends Yes. Yeah. And I think that if it's if it's in your character to share everything and not keep anything secret cuz because we're all in this together, right? Mm -hmm. Then I think you should share it like in character, but if your character is more secretive, more like, oh, kind of sketchy about the details like my character is, she definitely wouldn't share it until it comes out or until she needs assistance because she's she's selfish that way. <laughs> well, my yeah. character, she doesn't know. My character doesn't know what she's lost. She's going to the carnival. She, uh, my, so Sasira has no idea what she's lost. Um, nice. I do. I know what she's That's lost, amazing. and it's great. But Sasira has no idea what she's lost. She, she doesn't know what she's looking for. Yeah, she feels the pull. Gotcha. Mm. I now, love it. I love it. Would you like to know a couple of things that you could have lost? Sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Now those I know, of, you, of course. But I'll, I'll, I just want to put a good a nice pin on and a kudos to Kelly and his DMing was we did we, we did roll randomly um on the chart but i know i rolled and you were like that doesn't work for you i did not take too. it a couple times yeah yeah, yeah. and and yeah. i think they were like nope <laughs> and i th i think that is a, a a part of it of like yeah rolling random can be fun but mm. if it's not gonna be fun like i've been stuck with characters that have something randomly put on them that it's like well i can't this isn't fun anymore because i'm having yeah. to deal with all this bullshit exactly and like yeah that's realistic maybe but <laughs> there's still you still gotta have fun well exactly and like um i'm gonna say right off the bat that like uh, christine's one for win isn't on this list like that was one that we no. brainstormed because we're like so before while well, because the... i needed to come into a different character type because most of my characters tend to be very practical and very mm -hmm. calm and pragmatic sort of characters and i really wanted to play something different because like callie was a little sex pot yeah mally is just very kind of like stern and pragmatic yeah so i really needed a different like character type to play and i've tried several different types via other games that weren't necessarily streamed. Mm -hmm. So I really needed something different. Kelly's like, well, you could play clumsy. 
Well, yeah, exactly. And and one of the things that was really funny going into this adventure is that I had originally started telling people about, I don't know, like two months before we built characters for this. I was like, okay, I have this idea where maybe you all have like lost something or are looking for something. Like that. Remember, I was starting to say that. And then it turned out it was in the module. Like that was <laughs> that that was like that was simultaneous. That wasn't me like reading a spoiler. That yeah, was me you, being. You had like, been like, "What's what's a thing from your past?" Or like, "What are you yeah. looking for?" Have a yeah. goal yeah. in mind. Yeah. And, and I was exactly. thinking fake contracts and like I played a lot of Changeling: exactly. The Lost, like the World yes. of Darkness Chronicles: The Darkness yes, game. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, "There's got to be something." And there's a lot of things in this module where people are going to like try to trade you for ephemeral objects. Like you know, hey, give me your first kiss. Well, I've had a lot of kisses. No, I just want the first one. You'll never remember it. It never happened. Yeah. Oh. Suddenly, like, you don't have a child anymore because, yeah. you know, <laughs> that first kiss never went anywhere. Um, mm. uh, so someone just asked how many things there are. So there are eight things on the list. You can customize it yourself. Um, for a couple of you, I actually, oh, thanks for the sub. Uh, I did customize uh, for a couple of players. I'm not going to say who, uh, but a couple of them here. So I'll say, for example, uh, Isaac, uh, you're a rogue and you're a bit of a bullshitter. So uh, <laughs> rolling and not having the ability to keep secrets was what you originally rolled. Oh, yeah, that would have been. And that was like, mmm, that's a rough one. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, another one that's really difficult. Now, it, it, a lot of it really also depends on your play style. So obviously we are doing this as a, um, as a live performance as well as a game. So there are some things that we have to keep into consideration when we are <clears throat> playing characters. Uh, for example, things that make a character um, unable to speak are really not fun because then you can't interact with each other or with the, the audience. Um, and uh, so that's really difficult. And also, so Caitlin, you originally rolled yep. the ability to smile, which would work yeah. for Luthien as a character, but at, for you as a performer, it would have been really difficult. It would be so difficult. <laughs> and then it would basically be like, I knew that someone someone in the chat or someone in the YouTube comments would be like, that's her secret. She's been smiling the whole game. Right? Yeah, and then it would be a big thing, right? So well, um, especially when like when when I got that thing where I was really easily um when I uh, That would have been yeah. great if you just like Easily amused, that was it. Oh yeah. <laughs> constantly constantly having your lip twitch like you're having a like a like a mild like muscle like spasm. Mild. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this hurts. Thank you very much. Um so there are a lot of them. Um, and Isaac, you've already said yours in the stream. So Isaac lost three inches of height, which is the most ridiculous one on here, aside from sense of fashion. Although she's also so good. If you're <laughs> playing a cleric of any kind, I strongly recommend handwriting because then you're a doctor. <gasps> yes. It's right. True. That's really funny. My favorite game ever is What Does This Say? Uh, well, so someone fun. in the someone in the chat um, just said it's we look so different when we're not in character. As someone who's only yeah. seen Wild Beyond the Witchlight video, one, uh, it feels like I'm watching your PCs cosplaying as Earthling humans. Yes, <laughs> that is that is exactly it. This is this is the greatest show, life. Um, so uh, exactly. Sir Sir Manzalot asks, uh, how is it to play with the Witchlight hand background? Which is actually one of the things I wanted to ask you, Krista. So yeah. um, 
There are two new backgrounds in Wild Beyond the Witchlight. One is the Witchlight hand background, which means that you work for the Witchlight Carnival. Uh, and that is one I've seen the forums and, and like different groups about which like DMing blow up about because people are like straight up banning it. People are like, oh, well, it's not going to be any fun or all my players want to be members of the carnival. It's and it, very easy to power game. I would if it, like if I wanted to, I would be like, I would know this. I would know this person. Why aren't you letting me know this person? And we had a That's talk right before we started the yes. game, right? Where I'm like, don't lean away from that. You you've been working on your station and time is weird. Yeah, um, and so, I knew some people. I just didn't know details necessarily. Well, I mean, it's like it's like any yeah. job. Like you get to know yeah. people, but you might not get everything. And um, there's, I don't know. Did you enjoy being a witchlight hand? Because I know you 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 hung back from the action a bit. So part of it, so I did. I, I was. It was not from lack of fun. I was enjoying being good, like good. this person of like, oh, I'm gonna let these guys have fun under the assumption of like, yeah, he's worked here for years. He's ridden all the rides. He's been through all the attractions. This isn't something that's necessarily new for him. Um, so I was very much pushing people to enjoy the carnival where I could just stand back and watch. Um, I'm all, if you go to a amusement park with me i stand at the side of the ride and hold everybody's bags <laughs> you don't like rides in real life <laughs> i do like them but i also if it means that like people need i'll be like oh well, you guys go first and then maybe i'll go with someone else if they want to go again kind of thing so uh because that's how i do um but but no i i think i think the biggest struggle for me is i like one of my favorite things in role playing is kind of just like saying something completely out of pocket and mm. then everyone else being like okay do i want to go with this yeah okay let's go with this and then just sort of <laughs> having that retroactively become part of your backstory i was very worried about doing that because i didn't i was like there's so much set up here that i can say wrong things Right. So like the, like in, in most stories where it's like, oh, well, the background is whatever you want it to be and the world is whatever you want it to be. I could just say whatever and we could play it in somehow. But because I had like there's a structure to this carnival, I could say wrong things about it. Um, that was why when my uh, my nemesis, um, Martin Westwood, the sixth, who I have on a sticky Martin. note and says my nemesis um stick it right there uh that was very nice to be like uh to have something that i'm like okay i can fuck with this guy we can make a th i can start really playing into this <laughs> the chat and is I just spamming fuck martin <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, krista did a really gonna. really good job <laughs> you were gonna there's still time there's still time <laughs> true i was gonna <laughs> i think the best thing that you did krista as a player playing the hand background was that you went and we were like what do I know about this person? Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely. it, it really, it should be a conversation between the DM and the player and a collaborative mm. effort where yeah. the DM gives you the information and then you act off of it in that moment mm -hmm. instead of trying to expect the player to remember it all or the player going like, screw you. I know everything. Yes. And right. I think, I think that's the, that's the balance. And I, th and I think that's why so many DMs have banned it because I think there's a lot of power gamers out mm. there that are not used to this kind of a module. And like uh, everyone has said, this module is very different. And so it's, it's presenting people with new options that wouldn't have been presented before. Um, and like, I have sticky note after sticky note after sticky note of 
people that work at the carnival. Like every single person we met, whether I knew them or not, I wrote mm. it down, right? There's a lot so, of people. And the best part about this yeah. carnival is that there's so many hands working here. What did they say? There were a hundred and oh. quite a few. I have it written down. So many. <coughs> there you are could conceivably not know them all or not. 124 exactly. witch light hands, which means that, but that is so useful as a dungeon master because that means you can invent one on the fly. And if yeah. they suck, cool, you can fire them. Yeah, yeah. Like hey, you can you can have them else. publicly fired. Just improv it. It's it's really easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because there's someone else who wants to run away with the carnival. Always is. It, yeah, Always. Exactly. Uh, um, I think one of the problems. Especially the Fae Carnival. Holy shit. I want to run away with the yeah. Fae Carnival. Me yeah, too. <laughs> All right. So when it comes to town, we're gone. Um, yeah. I think that. Um, I think that one of the things that you need to do if you use the Witchlight Hand background is you need to find a way to incorporate the player immediately. One of the things that is always difficult with Dungeons and Dragons games or any role-playing game is that do the players have a pre-existing relationship? And if not, why the hell are they hanging out together? Because yeah. how many D&D games, ha ha everybody here, have you played where it's like you spend a, an episode together and then you're like, why would I spend any time with these people? They're awful. Oh, yeah. That guy's stealing yeah. from us. That guy yeah. is seducing <laughs> everything with one to seven legs. That... Not to discriminate against things without legs. I'm sure oozes are fair game, too. Um, and, like, you know, like, why would you spend I time mean, with these people? That guy That's only thinks one... about violence. Yeah. <laughs> this person can't, can't uh, stick their head piece. in a book all day. <laughs> I mean, that's right. the one Still, reason, like, when I DM'd a game, I was like, no, you guys know each other. You're an established party. Figure mm -hmm. out what you know about each other and be friends. Like, that is you the all... biggest thing. Like, you, you have to be friends all meet in a tavern. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired of that trope. Um, so. I love I love the thing that's like where it's like y'all meet in a tavern. It's just like people hang on meat hooks. It's just like y'all are meat in a tavern. Have fun. Oh, oh, oh fuck. But I think that <laughs> by having all of so like if you watch our first episode, I was like, mm, how am I gonna do this? Um, so I decided some of the people were traveling together. I, I could have done a much lengthier introduction scene for everyone, but I kind of wanted to get us into the action. Um, mm -hmm. I would have made it a little longer uh, if I if I had thought it through a bit better, I think. But um, immediately having everyone called up by name, like in front of the crowd, uh, or at least for advanced tickets, because like, oh, your tickets have already been bought. Um, and then also, and then save the witch light hand for the very end if you have one, and be like, hey, you too, right? You get over here. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you have the night off, and like that, because that'll confuse them. And then yeah. just imply. <laughs> And because they're likely to be like, oh, well, what am I going to do with this? Or they'll say something like that. Just fill it in with a, I don't know, show these guys around. Yeah. You have the ticket for yeah. a reason, right? And then th a lot of times players will lean into those type of suggestions. They're like, yeah, I, I guess I probably do have it for a reason. There's a mystery here, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, so you can absolutely do that. And also, like, um, the other thing that you can do if you're like, well, why would the, the Witchlight Hand even be free? Just come up with a rule because the Witchlight Carnival travels from world to world to world, like every night. Just say mm -hmm. that you get you get a night off when you're on your home world. Yeah. Once every eight years, you get a vacation day. It's like working for most corporations. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Um. So it's it's pretty it's pretty versatile. You can do that. Uh, we didn't actually do the uh, the Fey touched background or whichever one it is that. So Fey touched. 
The one where you're like, you were in the Feywild for a little while, and now you're not. Yeah, I considered it. I considered mm -hmm. asking you if we could, like, rework it for Nico, mm -hmm. but I, I thought, like, I thought over, like, different ways. Oh, I'm hitting my fucking mic, but whatever. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I was like, I thought of, like, all the different ways we could possibly take it, and I was like, nah, nah, it doesn't feel right. Hmm. Like, we possibly could have retooled it, but I was like, meh. Yeah, yeah right? by the time we learned about it, I was kind of like, I like the one I've picked already. Right. Yeah. Overall, it's pretty solid, though. Um, all right. Oh, Let's, it's super solid. I want to move on to some... Okay, so we have a couple of questions uh, the, in the chat right now. So uh, DM Mike asked, uh, do you think the modules is wordy and easy to understand in its PDF form? Um, I've only used the book, unfortunately. So, like, I, I like having an analog hard copy in front of me. So I... I think that in terms of like lots of charts and things like that, it's a lot of text. So um, you're coming at this from the point of view of, uh, of someone who is visually impaired. So you're using a lot of like readers and things like that. There are a lot of charts of like a random dice roll, like one to eight things, like, like the trinket table or the lost things table. And I will say that this book does have a lot of charts in it. Um, they're they're bulleted charts, so I'm not sure how screen readers work with those. I, I think they're supposed to work decently well, but for example, uh, in the first chapter alone, I'm seeing mm, at least a dozen charts, uh, which are everything from like what you win as prizes from these events to which hag has your thing, to um, what uh, what is what random event is happening in the in the uh, in the circus at that time right so there's a lot of stuff that that really does rely on that and if that's going to give you problems it might be difficult um uh however i really like those because like i find that random charts um for, for me because i i have you know i can i can read them very easily um i find them really useful um because they at the very least like brainstorm like they get me into a place where i can kind of like just you know think beyond what i roll um bullet is pretty good okay cool that's good uh what do you did you think of the two new races? Uh, I so I everybody had picked their characters because we are doing this as a costumed game. Uh, everyone had looked at what they were going to play, and the rule was that like you cost you can play whatever you can costume. Uh, that's usually the rule on Dork Tales, um, which gets it's going to be weirder. I'll tell you in January with the new game we're working on because somebody wants to be a cactus person, and Christy, <laughs> you're, they're going to need some consultation if he actually goes that Woo! direction. Um, he's gonna be a cactar. Amazing. I don't know. I, don't, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I, I actually, think I know who it is because someone reached out to me about it. So I, I think. I think awesome. he's gonna back off and play something else. But I know at least one person's gonna be a be a be a furbog for that game. Uh, but awesome. there are fairies. Oh, it's furbog. Yeah, so furbog. But I was trying to get Chris to play a cactus person. So, um, they're pretty cool. Um, so the Herringon and the the fairies. I didn't use the fairies here, but we did use fairies. Uh, Robin, you played one when we ran Candlekeep. And one of the things that early level adventures do not prepare you for uh, in, in most games is flight speed. Uh, because Robin had a flight speed, she bypassed a third of the story just by being able to fly up to the roof. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Hayden, having flight speed. But it, it was like level two, because like Hayden, that was the game that you yeah. and Alejandro were in too. And it, yep. was, it was like you were supposed to do all those sneaking thing, and like, no, she just went. <laughs> 
And it's like, it was great. Are you kidding also can, me? I can also fit to sizes the fairy. I don't know if it changed for from the because I was using the unearthed the arcana. UA, yeah. Um, it's, it I don't know. Like, if, it looks like the same. But you can also shrink somewhere. to within an inch and fit in places that are like you can shrink to an inch down and go go places so it's so just like that is so oh, broken okay. they limited that to level five at least oh, level okay. five okay okay yeah. so they, they, they tweaked it a little was... bit um and then the heron gone i played a version i played the ua version of this for an episode in uh what caitlin candle keep i love it so much were you in the game where i played the rabbit folk in no. costume did you see the photos <laughs> at least no I didn't. you didn't see the photos Oh God! It's in the it's in our Discord uh, in the cosplay section. You should go look. Amazing! I'm gonna. I, I'll pull it up I'm for the camera. Link okay. the ca- our Discord. If yeah, you're link not our Discord. On our Discord. Um, so, join but, our Discord. I mean, if you want to play a rabbit folk, they're great, but you have to play them like Bugs Bunny. That's the rule. <laughs> it's my rule. Weapon but season. It's weapon. Um, that's um, that's a thing. Uh, what's the Yojimbo? Oh, y- Usagi, Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. Or you know, uh, Captain Bucky O'Hare. Because he goes where <clears> no <throat> ordinary throat> rabbit would dare. Truly. Truly. Wow, the cosplay section's actually really bopping. Wow. There are a lot of messages since I checked that. Uh, okay, so... Wow, there's like... Everybody's cosplaying. This is great. Um, okay, so... Did you find the plot hooks presented by the book to be enough to engage players and establish how the characters knew each other? Or did you find yourself having to add more in? I was just gonna copy and paste that. <laughs> it literally is possible. So, so I don't know. What do you what do you folks think? Like I think that it was it was it was pretty easy oh. to, to work you guys together. Yeah, I think the way that you presented us in the beginning was a really good way of putting us all together and then just oh my gosh, everything that was happening at the, happening at the carnival was enough to fill three episodes yeah it that really we had was. clearly <laughs> well and so. it really worked well that we by luck because again kelly didn't tell us I anything tell you, about we, we don't we don't script our games nope, so like nope. oh no. my gosh oh my gosh we went to the main plot drop so it kind of all i think it helped with our bonding as a group <laughs> absolutely as like we were like oh we have oh. to be at the same person all right all right okay cool problem I'm going to turn into a fox and bark over to this carousel. And that's cool. <laughs> wasn't even fucking intentional. I'm like, no, fox go wee. That's fox go wee. Brain. <laughs> brain is rocks. You And if you go back and watch that first episode, you can see my eyes when you guys went to the, the carousel first. I was like, are you kidding me? Because like, that's where you, if, if you want to stay together, that's where you've got to go, right? Uh, because that's where you get all of your information and uh that you went there first just blew my mind nico just wanted to ride the horsies right it's all i wanted just to ride the fucking horses so i mean i think the music just drew in right in so very important follow-up question for this actually um all right let's get into this so which like carnival? What are the must-dos? What are your favorite? What are your? What were your favorite events? What were the ones that really jumped out at you? Oh, the carousel. The carousel. But also the, snail the carousel. Races. I snail liked. Races. Okay, snail races. I like. I liked the like the bubble teapot. You did like that one. Oh, the I bubbles. did. Okay. I thought that was fun, yeah. and I I really liked the uh, the hall of illusions. 
Okay. Yeah, I think was the my Hall favorite. of Illusions for sure. For sure, for sure. I really See? like the dragonfly uh, ride. Okay. Yeah, that one was fun. I gotta be cool. The swan was also hilarious. So, oh my like, god! That was oh my god. So the swan good. was fantastic. Swan of introspection. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that was how Kelly played her. Okay, mm -hmm. so do you want to know how she's how um, you're supposed to play her? Yeah. So sure. Wild Beyond the Witchlight gives you this in the back of the book, which is the first time they've ever done this. It's a role playing guide, uh, so you oh. can pr you can Xerox it or copy it out of the back of the book, uh, or you can go pay to get a copy of it. So Featherine is described in the book as. Uh, let's see, Featherine. She, oh, she's not even. She's not even listed. They just give you a little write-up when you get to her, where it's like, uh, what was it? It was the Silver Song Lake. No, it was. Uh, Swandalas. It was the. But that's not what they're <laughs> called. They're I know, called I know. It's gondolas. Gondola yeah, swans. Gondolas. Let's see. <laughs> so much. Featherine is erudite and haughty. She asks the character several metaphysical questions as they travel, such as, what is joy? How do I know you exist? If the world is so full of magic, is time an illusion? And if the players ignore her or make light of her questions, she rocks the gondola and tries to pu push them into the water. Damn. Uh, but if they impress her, she gossips with them and tells them things about, like, Candlekeep and, like, uh, enjoying late-night debates with Burley uh, and things like that. And... Uh, and anyone who impresses Featherine. Uh, so here is one of the things that uh, the players do not know. And I'm going to, it's not a spoiler. Every time they, one of the things that you track inside of chapter one, basically, this module did something really interesting. And what it is, is that in good storytelling, you use foreshadowing and repetition. In tabletop role-playing games particularly adventures it is very hard to do that and provide player agency it takes a really adept hand to use foreshadowing in a game without the players immediately being getting kind of bored with the plot if they do it if you do it wrong they can get really bored and anything that involves repetition can also be rather rather boring however the way that the witch-like carnival is set up is that when players do certain things, you're supposed to mark it down on the story tracker at the back of the book because that action will have repercussions in chapters two, three, four, and five. So it's like, you know, if you proved that you could like, I don't know, um, get a bullseye at like a, at like a, um, uh, a milk bottle, like ball toss. And then later on, you have to throw a key into the mouth of a dragon or something like that. You get advantage on that roll. Oh, or something like that. Because it's like you have the storytelling trope. It's coming back. Like, this was hinted at before. And I, I believe a clever dungeon master would reference that before and be like, just like the time where you did this. You know, this is, you know, you feel like this moment reminds you of this instance back at the carnival. And it's so cool. It's so well thought out. And this is why I'm really excited about this module, because it is very, very forward thinking. Um, and I will say that someone in the chat just said something about the snail race, uh, that it seems long. Uh, how did I streamline running it? I cut it down by around. Uh, and I also made it so that like, so the way the snail race is set up is that like, you have to do like four or five rounds of rolls. And I find that, um, I find that just rolling numbers to see who gets numbers is really um pardon the term but very masturbatory it's very just like oh here we go it's 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 kind of a waste of time 
when you could be actually playing a game. And uh, oh my god, thank you, Soul. Oh, thank you, Soul. Oh, wow. Thank you, Soul. Soul, that is a lot of subs. Thank you. Um, um, on the on the subject, I, I saw a game that did where, it, yeah, it could just be like rolling over and over and over again. I feel like um, if you're doing that, like you really need to intersperse it with like, how are you doing this thing? Mm. And like having your players be like, well, this is what I'm attempting. Okay, mm. do I do that? Yeah, because if you do that, it's mm -hmm. it makes it like you're not just going, okay, roll me five saves. Exactly. I think the, the one of the problems with the snail race as well is that you're also supposed to, at the beginning of every round or beginning or end of every round, you're supposed to roll on the snail race surprises chart to see what comes up. But because the book has limited real estate, they don't want to do too many pages of these charts because then it raises the cost of the book. There's only eight options and one through three or nothing happens. So if yeah. you've got more than two players participating and you're rolling this every round, the saddle can fall off a snail only so many times and it's still funny. Yeah. yeah. So I would reserve it for like the second and final round. Right. So that it's that's like you don't want to do it every single round or alternatively, um, I think there's like what eight snails. You could roll 2d8 and say that two snails have one thing happen to them every round. And, you know. um, but I would just streamline it. I would cut it down and say that the snails move a lot faster. Also, it's funnier if they move a lot faster, I think. Absolutely. It, it was so funny. We're like launch 80 feet. It's like, what? Yeah, you're like, what? You were like, snail races. Oh, it's going to be so fun. They're going so slowly. Now and that's then what it I just call kind snail of racing. Your perception. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Well, and it gave us stuff to kind of like play with. For Because I mean, I was like, okay, well, you know what? Wind's clumsy. And she's not very lucky. You know what? She's holding onto her saddle and just kind of flapping in the wind because she lost her hold. Mm. <laughs> like. She's not sitting on the saddle. She's barely holding on. Yeah. No. She's flying away in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> wind. Wind. The wind. Wind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I oh, think. Yeah. I think. Actually, yeah. The chat's right. It, you are supposed to roll a d8 to determine which snail is affected by it. Yeah. So it's only it's only one, but that still is like. Yeah, I guess that's that, there's a good chance it won't be everybody. It's more fun if it's all chaotic at once, but. I just, to be honest, I, I kind of, I kind of hand waved a lot of the snail racing. I, I won't lie. I was just like, I don't want this to go on for like twenty minutes of time where we're just rolling dice. Keep well, it moving. And, and honestly, like, like you were but saying, like, which good. were the our favorite parts about it? Like, honestly, the my favorite parts were the, um, the swan, mm. and the the small stalls. I love because, the small stalls. And, and the bubbles, yeah. because those were the first, those I felt like were the first real opportunity for us to interact together. That is in true. Like a, in like a slowdown of like, let's talk as new people that have just met one another. Mm. It wasn't, okay, what ride do you want to go on? It's it's the difference of like going on a first date for coffee and going on a first date to a movie. True. Like, yeah you're going to have more fun and get to know the person better if you go and actually interact with that person mm -hmm. on your first meeting. So it's, it, yeah, to me, it was like, those were my favorite parts because the rest of it did feel kind of like, okay, go, go, go. Here's your clue. Okay, go, go, go. It almost felt mm. like an escape room. Like it, you had to kind of bump, 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 bump. It is. It absolutely is. <laughs> but of, be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it, it's timed. It's figure out the thing and, and there's all these clues you got to get. But I just wanted to like sit and, bullshit with Gwyn, with Gwyn and like 
yeah. to, and dance with Nico and chat with uh, with Sarsira and Luthien. Like I, I just wanted to hang out, which hopefully we have more time to do that in the Feywilds. Yeah. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very loose adventure to be honest. Like compared mm-hmm. to say like Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, where it's much more like much more individual adventure focused. Um, it, this is a much more loose narrative, and I think it actually is going to work much better because, and I'll, I'll get into it in a bit, but as far as I see for, from future chapters, because I'm still reading through the entirety of the book, uh, like in minutia, I, I, I gave it a good skim. Um, the story is really obvious. It's it's a fairy tale. Like, yeah. y'all, y'all yeah. know exactly what you're getting into. Like, everything is repetition of threes. Everything is, so that means, you know, there's three hags, there's, you know, you're going to hither, thither, and mm-hmm. yon, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you yeah. know, you're going to three places, and you have to go save someone or do something, right? So the structure is simple, and the structure is something that any any person who has grown up with, like, Western-style fairy tales is going to immediately get. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. fun is in the execution and the way that you make it your own. So... To compliment you on that, I think one of the best things about how you made the carnival really exciting for like us as players and i think probably for quite a bit of the audience that knows dork tales is is the cameos that you put in because it's just like (laughs) it makes it real and it makes it feel like it's our story and our world more when you you. throw in characters so i really enjoyed that for like putting the own spin on that it's like yeah you just have to mention it's like I know that Zeton very right there. Like I know that. Like it's I gotta it's say, that. best one, yeah. Lucky. Lucky yeah. so good. Being able to play yeah. Win and Lucky together was just like Oh my god. That it helps if you can play your players well. <laughs> I kind of feel like at some point, potentially like Amy and I have to sit down in character for both of those. Just yeah. play for, something like, extra a little life. ad or something. Yeah, extra tales. life. Extra life. Ah, oh yeah, we can totally go. do some ad stuff. Or something like that, like having that little back and forth between two characters. Yes. And yeah, thank thank you very much. I think that I think that's a lot of fun. That you can have a lot. You can do a lot with that. I think my favorite though was being able to take our our friend away and have like Matt Mercer defer to him on some rules calls because you know you know that was his birthday present right there. Yeah, (laughs) that was pretty great. Uh, But uh, thank you. So what um what events? Do you feel like if if someone's just looking for events to run, because I'm thinking that like there's there's a lot to run. It took us three episodes to get through everything and the plot of the carnival, and literally you y'all did everything. Um, but if we only had one night, say we only got together to game once a month or once every two weeks, and you know like picture this in like ten years with like you know families and kids and stuff like that, and you like you got that one night, what would you cut out? What did you not love? Because for me, um, the beginning of the bubble pop teapot with yeah. uh, with the rhyming goblin, I thought that was kind of weak. Yeah. Um, I felt like the bubble pop would be really, really good if it was incorporated in looking for kettle steam, actually. Like if you're yeah. like, we need to take True. to the sky for True. an aerial view. Yeah. Right. That would be really yeah. cool to make an action set piece out of it. But um, like, what, what did you not like? I feel like? like the mystery mine was unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Because all it was was revealing really somebody's fear. And yeah, really but not painful. to everybody, just to them. So you want to hear the mechanics behind that one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, any character succeeds. So uh, you must make a DC 12 wisdom saving throw as each illusion appears. Uh, the character faces their own fear. They have disadvantage on the saving throw. So each one of you gave me a fear in private chat. 
Uh, on a failed save, you are compelled to scream at the illusion as it terrifies them. Any character succeeds all the saving throws, so you have to do one for each single thing that comes up. Uh, but I think, like, two of you botched when you did it. So I just rounded yeah. up. I'm like, I don't want everybody <laughs> so. to be crippled by this, like, completely destroyed. Yeah. Um, so anyone who succeeds on the saving throws, uh, on all of them, uh, gets advantage on all charisma checks at the carnival until the crowning. Uh, anyone who fails three or more of the ride's throws is haunted by nightmares for 1d8 days. Until the nightmares end, you must succeed on a saving throw after a long rest. I'm not going to tell you the difficulty. Uh, or gain uh, 1d3 levels I'm, of exhaustion. I'm pretty sure you um, told us the DC, so I, I have the DC? that in my notes. It's like, it's DC 12. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah I, say, I think I remember 12 being the number because I have, because Sisera has that. But it was like two of you botched, so I was just like, I'm just going to hit you with this, and it's, you know... It's going to be bad. Um, and also that meant that I could kind of... I, I, I feel like some of the parts like the uh, the snail race and the mystery mine had a lot of let's keep rolling dice until we're finished mm. rolling dice. The same with the custard yeah. eating contest. Although oh, that, I forgot about that but one. That, one that had was cust fun. It had custard damage, so I'll allow it. Also, yeah, uh, don't forget to check out our Tee Public store for the 1D8 custard damage t-shirt. Because I made uh. it because I'm an idiot. I, I would say, I think if you're going to cut anything, like you were saying, there are certain pieces, there are certain events that are roll, 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 and it's all just like sort of grind, grind, grind. Mm -hmm. I think if that's what your players like, and they like the more mechanical aspects of a game, I think that's where you got to go. But if you're like us, and you just want to like chat and like be in character and solve the mystery, I think putting those in a lot more would be if you had to cut things cut the ones that your players aren't interested in mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's fair i feel like one of the ones that doesn't stand out probably because we already like talked to kettle steam and such <clears throat> and i know that she's such a big part of like the other guy's uh storyline but the, mm. the one with palasha i feel like the the whole like the scene there i feel like that could easily be cut without too many repercussions there's really not much to that scene and you could tell because a lot yeah. of it was improvised from our own games yeah yeah uh mostly she just sings and like yeah yeah and, and i feel like that one that one's an attraction that's nice and i know that she herself is a character that really needs to be you know she, she she's integral to um little 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 uh, candlefoot Candlefoot's little sorry, Littlefoot Candlefoot. is from Land Before Time. I know Land Before Time. Sorry, the can <laughs> she's she's integral to Candlefoot's part of the story and like how he's gonna help you out and stuff like that. But I feel like mm. her scene there doesn't need to be part of it. No. Uh, I kind of agree with that as well. Like you need to keep her in so that she's not just like the girl that needs the, to get proposed yeah. to, right? Um, the kiss the girl. Kiss the girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like you need to do that, but. So I'm going to let you in on something. So someone actually asked a question in the chat about uh, how to run the game. And that is, I was wondering if you use the mood tracker. Yes, I did. So what you folks didn't weren't aware of, because I didn't tell my PCs personally, um, did you make it visible to the PCs? Would you explain it to the PCs? So they had they could see it. On I saw. The, I was noticing what that was. I was just so, going to ask that. Yeah. So <laughs> what there is, is there is, um, and PCs, if you have Roll20 open, um, you can go and look at the bottom. There's a coin on it. So there are two trackers on the Witchlight Carnival map. One of them is a, uh, a time counter so that you keep track of how many hours you are through because there are events that happen at the first hour, at the fourth hour, and the eighth hour. 
Uh, and then at the bottom right corner, there is a mood tracker that is, I think it's probably eight spots as well. I don't have it open at the moment. And um, basically what it does is it starts at neutral. And depending on what your players do, it changes the mood of the carnival because this is a fey carnival. And if you raise it, for one, if you keep it at max, one of you becomes the Witchlight Monarch. Um, and if you uh, if you drop it below the midpoint, the carnival starts getting hostile toward you. As in, it starts becoming a creepy carnival, and Mr. Light doesn't like you, and Mr. Witch wants you out of here. And it becomes... Nice. Yes, mm. and here is the thing. The entire module has things like this. Like, the rest of the adventure, you're going to come across places where, depending on how nice you are and how many fights you get into and how much evil you do, it's going to be, you know, a nightmare or a dream. It's going to be seely or unseely. Love and that. You, That's cool. And it, but that also means that you own your own campaign. So mm -hmm. like, if you want to play it, like if you want to play this thing like Curse of Strahd, I mean, you you kind of can, or you could play it like Happy Bunny Tales or whatever. I don't know, not Happy Tree Friends, but I guess you could. <laughs> but oh, <laughs> that is scary. <laughs> what? Don't it's, watch it if you don't. Happy. If you don't, if you don't know it, yeah, don't watch happy. it. Yeah, it's very um, happy. It's such a good time. Oh, if it was a one shot, you'd need to skip most of the small stalls. I mean, yeah. yeah. They do take up a lot yeah. of time, but there are a lot of fun. And they give you some really cool items. Like, I, mm -hmm. I really like yeah. how... I think that one of the best things in here is... I think one of the best things in here is just the number of, like, single or double-use magic items. Yeah. That are just like, yeah, no, it gives you this level one spell once. It's a very fairy thing. Right? And then it's like, a lot of them are like, it turns into a bouquet of flowers when you're done. You're like... <laughs> That's so cute. That's right? so adorable. That's, I, I love that. I like stuff. that. I like that better than how po magic poor rhyme was. Because it's like, we did things and we didn't get much oh, for it. This man. is like, here, take take a little bit of items. Take a bit of items. I, li I like it. I'm like, oh, I love items. Yay. Me too. I have R like... Rhyme of the Frostmaiden was so strong in the beginning. And the ending just did not quite function. I need to do a big video on how to do Rhyme of the Frostmaiden differently. I really think that, uh, and if, if you want to, like, give me any feedback, you three that were in Rhyme, they just, I'd love to do that. I think, I, I have high hopes for Witchlight, though. I think that it, because it's leaning into the fairy tale tropes, I think that it's going to hold hold steady the entire way through. Um, there's, a, there's one thing at the very end that I'm looking at where I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I can always axe it. And mm -hmm. also, if you're running this module, folks, don't be afraid to cut stuff if you don't like it. And like, there are there are things in this module that like you might not like, and just don't do it. Like, just just take it right out. Like, if you don't want the hide and seek thing uh, inside of the Pixie Kingdom, if you think that's a little boring, cut it. If your players won't enjoy it, cut it. Oh, I forgot about it. Oh my God, who's doing? I, I genuinely kind of forgot. Yeah. What just happened? Somebody just. Sub My goodness. Indie Mama. Uh, oh, Indie, Indie Mama, Mama gives so five subs. Oh. Thank you so yeah. much. That's so lovely of you. Um if you are if you're in this, then the best part about the Witchlight Carnival is that your players control the action. Now I've had people message me, and one of the reasons that we wanted to do tonight is that I've received like I don't know, like at least five or six people on Discord alone who have been like, Hey, I'm nervous about this module. How how do I handle this? And I'm really worried that I'm going to get overwhelmed. And you can. 
um, so from DM to DM, I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna talk to you really bluntly right now. You're gonna get overwhelmed. You can actually probably go back and watch my episodes, and I don't know if you can see it on my face, but there are times where I was feeling a little overwhelmed, or where maybe I read a rule wrong because during my rehearsal reads, like I, I read through everything twice, I took notes, but when it came down to it, um, I, you know, I summarized the snail race a little bit, and even then, I didn't read that one little thing about how it was supposed to be only one snail because. Um, it's, it's a big chapter. There's a lot of moving parts in here and you're going to make mistakes. The best thing that I can tell you though, is no one in my game realized I made a mistake because I'm the one with the book. They, if, if, if they called me on a mistake, then there's a problem because they, they've been, they've been reading the book. <laughs> so don't, don't worry so much. Let the players pick what they want to play. Um, take notes, be prepared. Uh, try to have the big ones you think your players might go toward. You can even send them a message beforehand or ask them like, hey, out of these, what are you the most interested in? Because I have a lot to work through, especially if you're new. Um, and don't tell them what's going to happen. Just be like, you know, what do your characters want to do this or not? And if they kind of jump it on you, like there's nothing wrong with reading the box text and letting the characters talk or role play for a second while you quickly skim the next two paragraphs for what you forgot since you read the book. Because you're going to forget stuff. This is literally... Oh, God. Well, the first chapter alone is... Let's see. 55. Uh, the first chapter alone, once you get to the carnival, is 20... 32 pages. Um... And I'm going to tell you what I tell every new DM. Okay. I have a master's degree. I was not expected to memorize 32 pages in a row perfectly for my master's degree. And any player or other dungeon master who expects you to memorize every minute detail is not being fair to you or realistic. And if they can do it themselves, good for them. That's not what the game is about. It's not about getting 100%. There's no test. The test is whether or not your players talk about it when the game's over. And a big difference, I think, between most people, because most people are going to be running this at home, mm -hmm. if you need to take 15 minutes to say, hey, guys, does everyone want to go grab water? I just need to refresh this next section. You can do that. Like, we're on a time limit when we're doing it, and we're in front of people, and we're performing. So, like, Kelly doesn't have that luxury of stopping and nope. going give me give me 15 minutes i gotta reread this and like so don't like especially if you're a person that has only watched performative D, &D that's not how it works at home yeah the critical like, role effect is rough it's it's yeah. true that's not D, &D dms aren't like that i have had like some of the most amazing dms i've ever had have and you know kelly's included in that not right. that i played a ton of live games with you but i uh, but like in live games it's hang on give me i just need 15 minutes i just need to like redraw this map or oh you guys changed something so i gotta fix this thing so give me like 20 minutes you can do that yeah absolutely and you should take time like and it's yeah. fine you just you can you can let the players role play while you do it it's pretty great just keep an eye and just be like all right so what did i miss what did i miss here so uh -huh. um or you can just kind of ad lib like the way they have it written actually i found really really useful because a lot of what is directly beneath the box text can also be read almost as box text. And by box text, what I mean is like the, the shaded thing that gives you the, the setting description. So like, Burley removes his jack-o'-lantern helmet, right? That. And there's actually a surprising amount of debate in DM communities when you're running adventures whether or not you should use box text. And there's this contingent of people that think that it's like 
showing weakness to use the box text. Yeah, that's what um, I've heard from people. I'm like, but it's there though. It's the, like, I mean, obviously remix it. Like, yeah. I, if you watch Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, I make up stuff all the. F- you you can tell is because we're, when we're in the, with the adventure, you can watch my face and it's. Burley removes his jack o' lantern helmet. Flies begin buzzing. You see my eyes just drift up to the camera. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I got this. I got this. But like, it's right there. Use it. It's like a professional writer provided this to you. And exactly. Someone was paid to do that. Yeah. The, exactly. You know, it's not cheating. It's uh, an it's assist. It's there for a reason. It's an assist. It's an assist. It's an assist, right? Not everyone is professional writers. Yeah. Like, it's use it. And I mean, like, if you can improv it out, do it. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like, the box text is there at the very least. Like, professional bakers use cake mixes because it's faster and easier. And, and beca- really, if, like, if if you're judging someone, yeah, if you're judging someone for not like, oh, you're using the box text. Why are you running a module? Yeah. Go run your own damn game. Make up yeah. your own shit. Exactly. Like- <laughs> there was there was um yeah like there's there's so much inside of this module that you have to keep track of. And it, it can be very overwhelming. Uh, one of the things that I strongly recommend is um, there, there are two main styles of running non-player characters. Uh, and that is um, basically the, it's the, um, uh, there's the performative and the narrative side of things. So a performative would be kind of what, what I tend to do uh, a lot more, which is like I'll adopt a voice, an accent, a mannerism. Uh, I act as the character, right? So you walk up to um, you walk up to to Candlefoot, and Candlefoot's voice is deep and sultry, and he sounds like a radio announcer. And he's, "Hello, I'm Candlefoot the mime. Kind of weird that I have this voice, right?" And you describe a lot of his actions, things like that. But you really you speak in the character's voice. Um, but not everybody does voices, right? I mean, not everybody is comfortable with that. And some of the best DMs that I know tend to not do that so much and are more descriptive in in how the character acts like candlefoot walks up to you his voice is deep and and rich and like uh i don't know like a lava cake and uh you know and it's just it's just this delicious rich aroma or in your brain i don't know like i said i'm the performative style um and uh i think a lot of people get really hung up on that because they don't want to mix the npcs up or they don't want to fail anything I really suggest, uh, for one, copy these out of the book if, if it'll help you. Um, I use a Google Sheet. I have a Google Sheet that is literally like character's name, what chapter they're in, vague notes about personality in case I forget, maybe alignment if it's there. And then I also say like a quick like one to five word accent summary or voice summary. Like Sam Neal on a bad night. Or, um, uh, I don't know, horny joker, right? Like, something that will immediately, I'll look at that and be like, oh yeah, that guy. Um, and I didn't update it quickly enough because I think I got Delagrin's voice slightly different between games. Uh, but it's also a great place where you, for you to like just mark stuff down. And if, if you're not using like a digital thing, use use a piece of paper. Just, just take notes. And... Um, or um, I used a lot of post-it notes. Actually, and Krista, you said you used a lot of post-it notes as well to keep track of everything, right? So Yeah, I have, like, a big fancy journal, but I just, like, ha- like really quickly scribble notes so that I can kind of reorganize them in my book so I can keep things together that make sense. <laughs> uh, 
That's fair. Um, yeah, not everyone is capable of doing voices. Yeah, and I don't think that, like, I think that anybody who goes into a game thinking that it's going to be, like, it's going to be Critical Role or it's going to be, um, like, anything even even remotely, like, you know, a team of professional voice actors sitting around a table playing a role-playing game, they're going to be disappointed if, if that's their first experience. Um, go in, like, having fun with your friends. It's the best way to do it. And it's, it's very hard if people are exposed to professional level quality or even, like, what the hell are we journeyman quality i don't know us um like they they look at this and they're like oh these people really know what they're doing and like, sort of uh <laughs> hayden knows what they're doing but some days it some depends. days some days i'm just some days I'm just, I'm it just depends being it depends um any suggestions on methods to sort notes whatever works for you uh, i have adhd so i have so I have multiple post-it books. These are all of my character creation notes for our homebrew setting. Here, let me just do that for the podcast version real quick. <laughs> this is just like plots. Go to dungeon. Okay. I found so I use Trello a lot for work. I don't know if anyone else is familiar with. And Trello. you keep trying to push Trello on us, and I really want to start using it for production I stuff. I really like it. It's a great tool. However, I found someone who set up an entire Trello board to run their Curse of Strahd game so that they could, and like the cards are click and drag. So if like a character showed up in one place and you didn't end up using them, you can click and drag them over to a different scene. You can keep track of all sorts of different hey. things. That's you free. can invite you can yeah it's it's totally free you can invite people to your board to look at stuff there is a paid version which has some fun options but for the most part it's really just if you're doing like project management so it's not really worth it but um yeah check out trello search up the the curse of strad will give it like i was looking at it, it's incredible they've got pictures they have links to maps and like links the to their world 20 maps exactly yeah <laughs> curse of trello more like um but yeah it's I, like that that might work for you um, if that's what you how you like keeping notes to be able to reorganize them really easily. Um, to quickly finish the um, uh, the question about the mood tracker, would you make it visible visible to the PCs? Sure. Um, I I didn't hide it from them, and I let them watch it themselves and see what happened. Um, but how would you describe it to them? I didn't even notice. I if they I don't know, notice, I mean, barely <laughs> notice. So um, how would you describe it to them? Uh, how would you? I would just say that if you need to make it more obvious, if your players are really doing a lot of things like picking fights, which is a big way to lower the mood, um, you would. It, it'd be really good to have like you could have Mister Light show up and just kind of walk by and kind of leer at them and go, "Actions have consequences at the carnival," and then just kind of vanish into the crowd. Like you could do, like just creep them. Well, out. and I mean, we did <laughs> know kind of throughout it that we needed to really raise joy in the carnival because yeah. we wanted to be Witchlight Monarch to get close to him to steal his yeah. fucking watch. Yeah. I think if that is what's integral to the module, I'm not quite sure like what we what we had to do to get to where we are now. But if if you really needed to do that, I think that yeah, exactly like saying something about raising the mood, something about that. Exactly mm. what, what Kelly said with Yeah, with, amb yeah. ambient stuff is fantastic. It, like yeah, that. Exactly. Um, so there was another question here that was, uh, saw a lot of highlighting in your book. Curious as a newer DM, what are your high, what are you highlighting? Do you have general method of how you always do this? So I, so the way that I do things is I went to the dollar store and bought a bunch of tabs. So here, there's an awful example 
which is like slightly green so my green screen's gonna get it but like i'm tabbing everything that i find important uh because uh, I don't want to highlight this book because at the end of this run, we're going to auction this book off for charity. So I want to make sure that it is in semi-pristine condition, or at least that like the wear is natural and it's not that me just graffitiing the book. Unless the person wants it, then I'll annotate the hell out of it. Um, so I usually use a color-coded guide, so like reds and purples, because you run out of a certain color pretty quick. Um, so yellows are just, hey, remember to do this. Uh, reds are these are plot points and oranges are this is a role that you need to remember uh so uh pixie kingdom yeah, I, did. Jer hmm? I did that similarly with storm king was well, like i actually had a little list i made myself where i wrote mm, it out point. and then highlighted in the color that that was going to be highlighted in from there on so i could remember what color highlight was i using for character information what color was i using for like location information or plot points or so that the, sort of thing. the chat is saying right now that like they want me to start highlighting the damn book. Should I start highlighting the book instead? You know what? I well, guess I mean, that makes it a collector's so edition. Excited about the oh, rhyme so book. cute. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll save a lot of money on post on like stickers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that was the thing is everybody uh, was really excited good. about the idea of getting the rhyme book because it was so highlighted and annotated. Okay, so here is actually I just got the best question from Indie Mama. So I have a weird fear that my players are going to not care about raising the mood at the carnival or just not care about the carnival at all. Like immediately going and picking fights or put their full attention oh. into finding the entrance to the Feywild. Whew. Like murder hobos. Like murder hobos. So yeah, um, I get that they like an evil you. campaign then. I, I would ask, first of all, like, hey, um, talk to your players before the game and be like, hey, so this starts with a carnival. Um, is this something that you're all interested in? Like... Um, like you can talk to them out of character without and, and out of game without like I love your mug Caitlin it's a pumpkin mug I've also got my jack-o-lantern mug heck yeah yeah um, so because it's Halloween time so I would talk to them beforehand to make sure that everybody's on board with what this adventure is about first of all um, but I, I don't know that's a really rough one I, I mean it's player based so they, they get to choose everything but there, there are ways directly into the Feywild, like, pretty quickly. Um, and if they wanted to do that... Um... Okay, minor spoiler. Um, this is not really a spoiler for the adventure. Um, you players have experienced this, and I think that anybody who understands narrative convention at all kind of gets this idea. Um, so... There were three creepy cr critters inside of the of the carnival. There are three hags. Mm. So obviously we've got some minion action going on, right? Yeah. So at mm. one point you encountered one of the minions trying to convince a halfling to come into a into the mirror world. So in that, had you had you failed to stop him, or had you basically if you hadn't found him within three rounds of entering or three rolls of entering, I think is the way it's written, um, he would go through and you would just see him go through at the last second. And if you tried to run up and enter, you would hit the wall and be unable to do it. Um, for one, as a DM, if your players aren't having fun, just like run something like that and have like, yeah, sure, they can go in. Why not? They, they have no context now for what they need to do there. But if they 
uh, you can have them pop through and then suddenly as they're falling through um, what I would do if that case I'd have them run through the mirror and then I would have them tumble down a black like a black kind of like uh, I guess just the hole similar to Alice in Wonderland and have like a bunch of mirrors floating around and have like Mr. Witch and Mr. Light appear in the mirrors and like give the exposition forced forcedly ah now that you've gone to the other side you need to see uh, or hang on to your butts for the rest of the ride. Um, and let's see. Uh, 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 I don't know. Basically, you can come up with a quick rhyme that you can drop. Rhymes are, rhymes are super easy. Like, uh, um, yeah. So uh, whether you <laughs> go far, whether you go near, now it's your job to save all of Prismere. Right? Like something like that, right? Um, but you can totally just like, just Come up with come up with some backup options uh, that your players would like, and um, if their ultimate goal is to just get there and get stuff back, I mean, why hold them back? Um, yeah, I mean, if they want to intimidate and beat the crap out of people at the carnival, they can. Like there, there is security for them to fight if they want to get into fights. But I don't know. I found that it was really interesting, like letting y'all loose in the. Uh, in the carnival and then y'all just made the fun for for me because how this module is amazing because how many times do you get to go to an amusement park and character yeah yeah you don't it's great and how many how often do you get to go to like like to do something like this in character at all like to just go and have fun in D D? Yeah. it's so rare i think that's that's the it's akin to the shopping episodes where the players are just dicking around and RPing and just doing random shit. Yeah, mates. But this gives you dopamine hits for doing the random stuff too, right? Because you're like, you're Mm -hmm. progressing the story and you're like, exactly. And getting little magic items. In that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, it's like the best, it's like the better version of the shopping episodes. But that's what I can think of. Like, that's the kind of episodes where you as a player get to just, not necessarily fight people you just get to go around and interact and talk to your party like i found it was really good to establish like connections and and again that reason of why we're sticking together yeah yeah exactly yeah it gives the players more uh, it gives them more say on what they're doing but still advancing the story because they're not being dragged by the nose over this way or over that way. And they're not just like shopping, which will give them more stuff, but they kind of, it kind of advances the plot. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. Right. And it's fun. It's, it's weird and quirky, but I know that not everybody's going to be into this. I know there's going to be a lot of groups who look at this adventure and they're like, Oh, this is stupid. If I wanted to go to an amusement park, I'd go to an amusement park. It's like, well, if you wanted to go stab someone, you just stab someone like, come on. (laughs) Like, just yeah. like Delagrin on them here. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's so cool. Laser beam. It's so cool. So much. And there's there's a lot of really cool things inside of here. And I think I think this has a lot of opportunity for like I don't know, just in, especially if you're bringing like existing characters into this. For example, I would love to take a character who's like a big, dumb, angry fighter, and then have him just like turn into a complete idiot at the Almarish ring talk. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, this giant hulking Conan barbarian just, like, losing his mind in the bubble pop that teapot. That's so fun! Because, like, that doesn't contradict the character. It's just like, no. oh, this character has facets. 
And then he's like, I will still eat the bones of my enemies. <laughs> Tiny teacup. <laughs> Again. I are pretty. <laughs> oh. What the uh, the carnival reminded me of. And now it has nothing to do with D&D, but I've been watching a lot of Korean dramas lately. Okay. Uh, with my roommates. Um, right? Which one are you watching? Uh, we finished watching Black a couple months ago. Is it good? And it's... Oh my fucking god, it's amazing. It's okay. so fucking good. Stick with it. But there's mm. it's kind of, it's an 18 episode slow burn supernatural crime drama. Does it get there? Oh my god, it gets there. Okay. And I cried so hard. But there's there's a carnival amusement park thing in the show and as soon as you're like yeah we started a carnival i'm like my brain is in just the right place but nice. this is my shameless plug for everyone go watch black oh my god it's so fucking good and talk about it on anyway. our discord yep it's fucking amazing but yeah no every time we're at the carnival i'm like i just want to rewatch black now <laughs> So going forward into this, I guess um, one of the things that you're, you're going to come across uh, as you're getting into this game, um, actually, I already talked about that, really. I was going to say that it was um, uh, just as you're as a DM, always remember the rule of three. Uh, this game relies heavily. This this um, this book has um, two numbers, actually, that really it really focuses on there are three. And I'm not going to tell you the other one because you'll have to figure it out yourself, players. But three is easy in in like in Western culture. It comes up constantly. It's, it's in everything we do. Um, also, try to work rhyme in, like, as much as possible. Uh, if you are capable of rhyming, um, some people are really bad at it. Uh, don't don't beat yourself up about that. Um, so what else is important about this? Tried so what, my best, Kelly. <laughs> you, did, you did a damn good job, and you know it. I know. I'm joking. Um, I'm joking. If you can put in Eminem references, it's all the better. Um, so I think that... I mean, just just let it let it be fun, you know. Um, what? Uh, oh, this may or may not be covered. But what was your opinion of Wild Bill's change since you first got the book? Uh, hmm. Actually, no, it hasn't. I, I actually uh, I was kind of excited to get it. I was worried that it would have the same structural issues that Rhyme and the Frostmaiden did. And once I once I heard the announcement that you could def you could win the game without rolling initiative once, I was like huh and they designed it to be able to do that i'm like okay that means that they put more thought into the ways that you can succeed in things because i'm gonna tell you what i love a good fight i like a good fight like every other game like if if fights take up like half of a game session every game session i feel like i'm not doing my job right because then fights get really repetitive that way but if you have like a lot of games where it's mostly role play and then you have a knockdown drag out five hour long combat session against like some hulking monster, that's cool. Like that is that feels like it actually has meaning and it has a buildup and there's this tension where you're starting to get a little itchy for it because it's D&D. &D, you want to you want to fight some stuff. Right. Um, but I really like that because it means that you don't have to fight about small things. Because the, the thing that I dislike the most in all modules is usually the random encounter charts. Because it feels like I'm playing an old, like, it feels like I'm playing, like, a Final Fantasy game back on, like, the PlayStation. Where I'm wandering through the field and then suddenly... <laughs> right? 
Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I think those are really, really good for beginner players and beginner DMs because that way you get an opportunity to learn how fights work on a few different times without the weight of it being story important. Or, or if you're running short on uh, on prep time and you're just like, shit, what do I do tonight? Yeah, uh, we all we all have that. we all have that. Yeah, I've even had it on stream where I've been like, okay, I worked a double shift today before I streamed. What do uh, werewolves? <laughs> and suddenly oh. werewolves. But um, I do like that we can get through a lot of this without fighting. Although Christine keeps pointing out something to me, and that's that uh, by the time we get into an actual combat, y'all aren't gonna know how to fight as your characters <laughs> because you'll be level three or four. Oh true Yo, i don't know how to fight as a monk yet <laughs> oh no me neither you know what man. it's gonna be fine because once i get to level three it's all gonna be different it's all gonna be different <laughs> just saying is oh, it is it now. at all it is though i bet it's not showing in your art at all no not at all, not at all, not at all. <laughs> uh, also big shout out to um to our artist do we have her as a as a macro real quick because i know someone we should get her as a macro but we should, yeah, we should add her as a, as a Kiyoshiki is so good, and um, she's really great. I will link her Twitter. She is the second favorite artist that we have ever worked with, because Hayliz Hayliz is our girl. But um, yeah. Kiyoshiki is amazing, and uh, was really, really responsive and quick. So if you need some D and D art done at very reasonable prices for the quality you're getting, like go check her out, because like her commissions she's are fantastic. Fabulous. I think I came across her originally because uh, I entered her art raffle. Oh, nice. And then I was just still following her, and I was like, I, I'd like to get, like, some art done of, like, some D&D characters kissing. And I found her, and I was like, hey. And, like, the next day, she's like, is this what you want? I was like, yes, here's my, here you go. Here's my wallet. Thank you. <laughs> right? Just take it. So many arts I want to get done. Yeah. yeah. So ra it's... random equinox in the chat is just throwing great questions. Um, so read only two major criticisms. Uh, if you roll twenty maps and the campaign is only levels one through eight, yeah, you don't need more than one through eight for this. And actually, that's really funny that it's one through eight. Now that I think about it, mother. Okay. Um, nothing, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's cute. It's mm -hmm. cute. These guys are. They got some cheeky, cheeky writers on this. I'll just put it that way. These people are definitely high on their supply. Um, <laughs> but um, the Roll20 module, there aren't very many maps, folks. Um, so in the entire, like, versus Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, which had tons of stuff, uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden had, I don't know, uh, I'm going to ballpark and say 30 maps. Uh, and I, 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 paid, I paid retail for it, so I think I paid like 40 or 50 bucks for it, like U.S., uh, I paid twenty or thirty for this one at a at a pre price, and this has, including the dungeon master tips page, one. You know, I'm not even gonna include that. I'm just gonna do the maps. One, two, eleven maps. That's it. Really? That's yeah. so few. Yeah. And that's including the witchlight carnival map. Wow. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there is a lot of stuff where it doesn't seem like they have really included a lot of things for for encounters. Um, and this, unfortunately, is where you're going to have to dip into your wallet to go get information from uh, from elsewhere. Uh, 
now I haven't had a chance to review this yet, so I'm going to do a free plug to something uh, written by someone that I've trusted in the past. Uh, so I went out recently, and uh, for the Hithers portion, uh, this is a print-off of Inside Slanty Tower. Uh, it's something in, in the Hither domain, uh, and this is written by Dan Kahn. And Dan Kahn did the Towers of Magic that we used in Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. Uh, so basically, within one week of uh, everything being published, he has gone and... Uh, already created additional content with additional maps for these things um so far this looks pretty cool I've, I've only briefly skimmed it um he generally gives some pretty cool magic items has some interesting monsters that have like some twists to them and um uh he charges a buck 99 for it for a 10 page expansion which i mean you already paid 40 50 60 bucks for the book depending on where you live so it is kind of it, it does add up but you're supporting an independent creator so that's kind of nice and his work's really good um so it's dan khan not spelled like genghis khan but uh, k-a-h-n um uh really really good creator um we like to use his work here and he really and he's given us access to use his work so kind of cool um yeah I, I did pick it up actually random you're the one who told me about that so i did pick it up the other day um and then thank you very much sylvester slays uh and then okay so someone is saying that there's something about this that's that... amazing sylvester's been subbed for two years two years oh it's our second anniversary Ooh. baby thank you so much sylvester slays you'll you'll, you'll always be my baby in the corner um so random you also had a question um may or may not be covered did the fact okay this is for the players did the fact that the witch light the entire game could potentially be played with a minimum of combat have any influence on how you built your characters not really okay caitlin shaking nico, her head everybody shaking their nico heads. can be pretty passive um and like the archfey um like abilities actually go on like go really like they go hand in hand with how this uh module can be played because even just at i didn't think about it until after we left the goddamn carnival is i'm like at level one i have an ability just innately where i can be like i'm charming now make a save mother truckers <laughs> basically well, I, think... I can either charm or frighten somebody or like mm -hmm. multiple people from what i read and i'm like that would have been real fucking handy, wouldn't it have been? It would have if I fucking remembered. Yeah. I Well, I think most of us um, created our characters before we even knew what the module was really about and like, mm -hmm. what yeah. the deal was. So we built them just as characters we wanted to play. And what yeah. was costumable. And you decided to be a Leonin for some reason. Because you said insane. you wanted something wacky. You I did say something I something weird. And you took, I'm so proud of you. You can't fucking call me out oh. like that because <laughs> i'm gonna fucking step to it <laughs> krista i bet you can't turn chris into a cactus oh i bet i can if he lets me <laughs> that's the thing he has to let you Amazing. actually he's he's uh he's looking at a couple of homebrew races for from uh, elos because it's an elosian game uh yay homebrew it's gonna be yeah. awful folks not in a bad way but in a definitely uh, it's gonna be a rated r game yeah. it's inspired by bloodborne <laughs> 
yeah. I mean, I even before I knew how like role play heavy this game was gonna be, I like I kind of wanted to play like a chatty character, and I originally hmm. wanted to go bard. But we had a bar in the previous game, so we didn't want to be doubling up. And so I was like, okay, I'll just be a con man rogue. It's the same thing with just slightly different numbers and slightly yeah. better in combat with less magic. So, <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. And um, I think that, like, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in this. And I think that it really allows itself to be, like, everything. So if this combat is optional... so. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, the game uses, so there's a question right now about the module being able to be taken to a higher level. Yeah, you probably could. Um, a lot of the big bads that you fight are can be scaled up really easily because they're fag creatures. You can just be like, oh yeah, they're more powerful than that. They have more hit points. Their saves are like two points higher, three points higher. You know, raise the saves like a point or two for every level that your characters are above where they should be. Rhyme of the Frostmaiden had the, and I'm going to keep comparing it to Rhyme because it's the last module we ran, had the most um, awkward uh, level milestone system where the care you would be given all of these things like, oh, if the players do this, then they need to be at this level. And if they do this, they'll be at this level. And the, But the math didn't make sense. So if your players did more stuff, they skyrocketed above where it was. I think that you, you all beat the game either one or two levels above max. I think we were level 12 by the time we ended. Yeah, and it was levels 1 to 11, and you went into the last fight at level 12. So yeah. technically you ended the game at level 13 when you got teleported back. Tech I would have given you the level if we kept playing. And, I mean, Callie rocked that fight. So yeah, no, Callie, so that was great. not really... I had to, like... Oh, God, I had to... It was very hard to win. I'll just put it that way. Um but this game does not have that type of leveling system where it has all of the different factors. It is literally, did you make it here? Cool. You get a point. Did you do this? Cool. You get a level. I always said point, I'm at level. But, like, it's it's literally, like, if you, if you walk through the front door of this location, you gain a level. If you defeat this thing that you have to defeat in one way or another to progress the story, you gain a level. And that's it. I think it's you. You do that six times, and then your final. There's one final test that I'm not going to say that gives you a level, and that's really good. Um, you can use XP. You can use all that. I prefer milestoning personally because XP is just more math, and I'm a fine arts guy, so more math is. I like both. What do you use Quick. for? Uh... Sorry, yeah, Krista, what's up? I have a total sidebar, and this is just a question that came up on TikTok the other day. Does anyone say, and this is a question for the chat as well, does anyone say EXP when talking about experience? No. No. no I usually no. just talk Absolutely about XP. Not. XP. XP. Right? Because yeah. I, I, there's a, someone I follow who has an actual podcast. Very good. Um, but they are a player that I believe has only played for 5th edition. And they said, oh yeah, I just remembered that some people use EXP to level. And I was like, EXP? Because EXP was the about? bar in downtown Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. actually. Yeah. Man, yeah. I missed that bar. I missed well, that bar. They so had some good food. I, I, I thought it was just a Storm new Crow? thing. Storm Crow oh, yeah. pretty Oh, I want to roll for a burger there. I, oh, I rolled for that yeah. and I got for some sure. Last night, it was so good. So Apple users say XP, XP. So XP. hopefully, yeah. hopefully Wait, the what? pandemic will ease up and we'll come visit you. What? Yeah. Yeah, because you get the toppings. It's a D20. And you roll. I'll take you there sometime. You'll like it. Dude, if y'all come to Vancouver, we mm -hmm. should super storm crow. We yeah, we rolled for yeah. shots. Wait, so was do we time. have soup or storm crow or just? Never mind. I mean, if you wanna, I'm down. 
Uh, Last time I was there, I did the portal shots. Portal shots, yeah, you get the orange and the blue one. It's pretty fun. It's a a cool place. Um, So, got a question from Goldenias. Even though this module is heavily based on foreshadowing repetition, but even so, there are characters that are really, really, really deep, uh, specifically, for sure. Uh, so my question is considering this adventure relies on lots of cliches and common characteristics how can someone make uh, the NPC's depths more apparent depth like the individual I think I know who you're talking about so I'm going to have to step around this one so that it is not super um... someone someone mentioned the um, the centaur the fact that they had this very deep backstory so you can probably right, talk so about her. I can talk about Diana Cloppington. Absolutely. Uh, I, well, actually, there's two good examples from the Witchlight Carnival. Actually, three if you count Mr. Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, because their whole thing... So Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, uh, you're never going to find this out, and it doesn't factor into the story, really. Uh, but they're Shatter Kai, so they are mm-hmm. Shadowland... Yeah, you said like, that. Yeah, so they're Shadowland elves, and you can see that by looking at them. Like It's like, yeah. you're not drow. You kind of look like someone left you out to bleach in the sunlight. Um they ended up like getting a carnival and in the uh, they went into the Feywild and met another carnival like they just bumped into each other then they got really drunk and decided huh wouldn't it be funny if we traded ownership of the carnival till we bump into each other next time and so this really happy group ended up in charge of the creepy carnival and they ended oh up in god. charge of the happy carnival and oh now my god. they are dreading ever bumping into them again because they're happy for the first time in their lives so Damn. right so it kind of gives them a bit of motivation um yeah. for them i think eavesdropping is a great way to do that if you want that to be a part of your game but inside of the carnival itself uh there are two places where there are npcs that have a lot of deep backstory uh one is diana cloppington who is uh, at the carousel that's the centaur uh who isn't actually a centaur she yeah. she basically got full metal alchemist um she made a deal with a um with a uh, with a crone that oh she her warhorse had died i believe right who went missing in battle and she wanted anything to be reunited with her and the hag was like <laughs> sounds good don't read the fine print um <laughs> and so yeah she got her back they were reunited permanently at the hip uh and she's now a centaur and stuck that way and it's this really really deep backstory that you can go into um i i bled into that a bit when we were talking about um well basically you just said oh uh, you weren't doing it so i had a random uh, a random kid shout it from like oh look mommy a centaur i'm not a centaur <laughs> and then you're like say what but you look like a centaur right uh, so bait your players if they're the type who actually care about that uh, the other one that I had, I think I actually just had to tell you it because nobody was caring, and that was the um, uh, the organ grinder. Because there's this big, well, like, paragraph and, long... And that, I was going to say, that plays into the fact of, like, of feeling like, okay, well, we got to get to this thing. We got to go to this thing. There wasn't a lot yeah. of time to be like, so yeah. what's your deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that, that was kinda... near the end where we kind of were like, oh, we haven't done the calliope. Yeah, yeah I kind of I I pushed that in because right, that was like yeah, we had yeah. spent three games doing it, and because we're playing live, we kind of yeah you have to do it a little faster than you would at home, um, just because y- y'all are watching. We want to keep you entertained as much as we want to play, right? It's it's a balance. Um, she got her horse back. That is, uh, ouch. Uh, I think people it's go to the carousel first because it's front and center. 
All right, you're allowed oh. to. No, you're allowed to stay. You're allowed to stay. You. You have to join the Discord oh. now, though, because you're one of us. Um, that is that is awful. Um, so there's like, for example, the 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 organ grinder monkey is actually a former organ grinder who got his brain swapped with a monkey after he got drunk with a leprechaun. Damn. And he collects buttons, and that's his that's his thing. So. It is really difficult to to do that and to I think at the end of the day a lot of it is going to go under the radar and it's going to be for for you to carry across with your with your portrayal of them um, and to help you understand their their character motivations but I mean, it is always a bummer when you got like a, someone actually provides you a good NPC and you want to get into it, but like nobody cares, right? Or they don't care about that NPC. They care about, you know, Glibglob the Goblin, right? Or like, for example, uh, Hayden, what shirt are you wearing right now? Fucking needs more Harwar, bitches. Because Harwar became our number one we NPC. Just decided we loved him. Because you cast Adam Driver. It wasn't uh, even that. He was just a whole time. And I was like, you're oh, weird. I like you, but I like so shitting good. on you because Lysithian Callisto enjoys shitting on people. And Vistra never trusted him, which was cheap, smart, because he took the fucking crown. Vistra, vindication. Yeah, destroy <laughs> the past. I know, dude. I There were so many moments with Harwar where I'm like, vindication. But also <laughs> yeah. at the same time, you're a dumb fuck. <laughs> but also, I great. love you. Yeah, he was I don't great. know how to feel about you, so I I'm gonna yell at you in this accent he's and like be the, hot. It's like the best shirt. Like it's really just a really nice shirt, dude. It's just actually a I really debated good wearing shirt. it tonight. I debated I wearing it because I've got I've got our homebrew shirt right now. Oh, I was gonna wear that dude. one too, but I was also like medic though. And I'm the good guy on this shirt is actually really good, and it's one of my favorite shirts just because it fits really nice. It this does, and it's really like good an if you have like a curvy figure. Like it really yeah, just kind I'm of like I have like natural like skinny curves, and I'm about it, and I'm like it fits like a goddamn glove. I love this. It's, the, it's one Christine. of the best. You I've and I are made. cool too, even though we're wearing plain shirts. You're wonderful. Yeah, Both of you are wonderful. We're cool too. Uh, but like, because the players are always gonna like. The, nobody was like. Nobody gave two craps about half the NPCs in Round of the Frostmaiden. They loved Harwar, and I. You have to force Velen down their throats, and I think the players were like, "I guess she's with us now," and just kind of accepted it. But then, y you know, I had plenty of time to humanize Velen and slowly, yeah. like, mm -hmm. like add backstory that wasn't written to her, her thing where it's like yeah she shakes a lot and i'm like well yeah but why does she just have like a condition it's not written anyway fine she's dying there we go she's looking for it a cure. felt like there was a lot uh there was a lot of that in rhyme where what? it was like there's stuff that was just kind of like there but wasn't really embellished it's like this just kind of is a thing and by the i fucking love velen by the like, end where she was I, sexy gold tiefling no, even before then. Like, that wasn't me. I just really enjoyed her character, and I enjoyed sort of the shared arrogance between her and Lysithian. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of overlap, but there was a lot that they kind of butted heads about. I, I liked playing off of Velen a lot. And then I wound up really enjoying her character and what you did with her. Thank you. It was it was, it was was a bit tricky to work with, though, right? Like, yeah. 
Because I, I think this module might be the other side of that, where it's giving a bit too much character backstory at times. So it want, so you want to give it there, but you don't necessarily need it. Need it? I'd rather have too much backstory to work with than too little, in my opinion. I agree. Because I that gives you room as a player to ask questions, and I love asking questions. So, I mean, like, looking at future future areas here, there's a lot of stuff where a lot of things are socially based. Like, there's a lot of characters who have things like Tales of Woe attached to them where, you know, they they have to tell you their backstory and you have to help them out, right? And it getting into this, I mean, it feels a lot... Okay, everybody, this game feels a lot like The Labyrinth. Or like Labyrinth, the movie. Like, there's a lot of that type of vibe in this where it's like this person is going to randomly exposit at you. But because of the fairy tale vibe, it kind of works. It just depends if you lean into the convention or not, right? So it's, um, it's it is what it is. Um, I think I don't know. Like, what do you what do you all think about ways to to add that in? Because like, there are plenty of ways to kind of do it with like little descriptions, little mannerisms, um, eavesdropping, or um, having other NPCs talk about backstory stuff is a good way to do it where it's like you know you run across somebody who knows something or they communicate something to you through um through just like you've never seen the labyrinth what what are you doing necro labyrinth is so good david bowie so plays good. with his balls it's true he does it's this true. the entire time he has dance magic you remind oh, me of the, so good. <laughs> of the babe oh, the babe with the power the power of power voodoo. Of voodoo. You do. Do what? Remind me of the baby. I saw my baby. There we go. <laughs> so good. <laughs> thank it's, you. <laughs> it's thank you. I needed that setup. Thank you so much. Um, she went straight. Um, so I don't know. What do you What do y'all think about ways to introduce? Like, if if I were like, I have this incredibly, like, wonderful NPC that I have all this backstory for, and I need you to hear it. How would you want to be fed that? How do I, think I sugarcoat? The rumors it? eavesdropping works so again. It's it's hard as a player to know what NPCs are good to get lots of information and backstory off. Because sometimes it's like, oh, mm -hmm. is this just Kelly pulling someone out of his ass right now, or is this someone he's thought about? <laughs> so I think like over like, eavesdropping or hearing rumors is a really good way to be like, oh, did you hear about so and so? Like so and so's husband left them suddenly blah 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 like it's kind of like that or yeah just oh i i hear you know that person is not doing so well you know rumor has it i think oh. overhearing a lot because then it doesn't gives us the answer the swandala was a really good way like that guy yeah. was interested in candle someone have kids yelling somewhere sorry that's my land oh, okay <laughs> you're on camera folks <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry krista um so yeah so it's kind of easy to fall flat with all the fairy tales and conventions in my experience players start taking them for granted i suppose and for the first time this module has some really really well thought out personalities i i agree i i agree um i usually like to bait the hook and have the party wait and overhear confrontations through the door or whatever i mean that's always good too like i said the overhear is really good um the meddling old woman is always a good one too like for example like the prince is single it's like oh you look like a huh, 
Well, a bit of cheesecake? Are you single? The prince is. I get a portion of the dowry if he, uh, if he accepts you. <laughs> I need new teeth. Weird things like saying you need new teeth will make an NPC immediately memorable, by the way. Uh, the weirder and quirkier NPCs are. Let your, let your awkward flow. <laughs> yeah, let your awkward flow. Um, so, I mean, falling flat. Like, I don't want to get too far into the other chapters, but, I mean... This is one of the things about this game because uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight is written more thoughtfully than a lot of Dungeons and Dragons modules, and I think that a lot of Dungeons and I'm gonna I'm gonna hear hear something about this, uh, but a lot of Dungeons and Dragons games tend to be more focused on uh, adventuring and combat and things like that, right? So they uh, sometimes these games minimize stories compared to a lot of other role-playing engines that focus more on story over things like combat and leveling and it's it's just it's just a style preference right um and i've talked about this in some of our panels and events where um games that are focused on levels and games that are focused on power power gaining are are different conceptually than games that aren't because you always are trying to get something right you're always trying to get bigger better better cooler um, whereas in other games, I mean, yeah, you want to buy cool powers and upgrade your character, but it, it's it's more secondary. There's It's not quite as, like, it's not a stairwell, it's a mountain, you know? But, I mean, when you have a level progression, it's like climbing stairs. Like, you have a, a goal at the top of the stairwell, it's level 20. Um, but I think that this is just a different paradigm where you're looking at a game that is far more based on interaction and role-playing than it is on combat in many ways. And I, th I think that's it's, it's definitely leaning that direction in this book with the focus taken away from combat as much. You can still have it, but it wants you to talk to the NPCs before you stab them a little more, which can be difficult for certain groups. <laughs> I've definitely been in those groups before. And yes, I, I did know there was an animated Dragonlance soul. It is awful. Although Kiefer Sutherland does a voice. I don't know. That just got, I got sidebarred. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think that like, that's what I have to say. Anybody have anything to weigh in on that one? No, not really. I think that kind of covers it. I'm super excited for the next part. Dude, I'm really excited. I'm very, very hyped. We're in the thing. I, I know that as Nico, I'm ecstatic. Now, um, did you, are, if there are any more questions, please pop them in the chat. Um, and as far as this is concerned, is, I mean, like, y'all, I, I like doing these episodes where we kind of summarize how a chapter went and, like, how to do it better and, like, because I think a lot of people go into dungeon mastering and, and even playing games with a lot of anxiety because they think there's a mm -hmm. right way to do it. And there's not. Like, so long as you're having fun, you're winning. And that's not just a platitude. Like, I have played games ran by really not very good game masters and dungeon masters that I had more fun in than games where the DM was, like, super good and did all the voices right. He's talking about me. <laughs> you're a good you're a good gm i Shut love up. i loved playing but, again, you, but like that was the thing is i didn't have to do anything because you guys just interacted and had fun that's but that, like matters. that's also I had that's also a good thing with the d like a dm gm too is knowing when to step back and let your players do the thing because a hard time as a, i think a lot 
Like I'm I've only DM'd once and I know like I had to quell the then the need to control necessarily the narrative myself yeah. versus mm. like let the players have this section, let them have that moment of RP. So I think that's also a good thing on you too as well, Chris. It's like, yep. yeah, it, it's that good balance of knowing when to let your players fuck around and it, then let you your players play. Yeah. If you if you go back and watch our Candlekeep Mysteries games, because uh, we did all of Candlekeep Mysteries, it's on YouTube. Go youtube.com slash dorktales if you're not watching from there already. Um, you can actually see the way that Krista runs games uh, and how different it is than me. Uh, we both do a lot of silly voices for characters, but my favorite thing about playing under Krista um, is she really enjoys her players. She really does. Like, when you're playing under... When we're playing under you, Krista. I'm, I'm, I'm going to butter you up right now to get you to run something else. But um, you laugh so often, and you are so into it. It's so and fun to break you. It's so it's fun, so to, fun to break you, because then our characters just do ridiculous things, and that's the vibe yeah. we're going for, right? It's like, I'm yeah. sure that you could do, like, big, epic, super dramatic if you wanted to, because people who run more comedic things are often really, really good at that. Um, but... When we're just playing like a one-shot Candlekeep adventure or a two-shot or something like that, having something where we get to do like really silly things and just have like a real blast. And every time we make you laugh, it feels like we're succeeding. And it just is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best, it's one of the best parts about running a game is like yeah. sitting around and having that connection. And it, it's one of the reasons I think that, uh, to reference Critical Role again, that things like uh, Matt Mercer's so how do you do this is so because it's an immediate connection where he's kind of like smiling down he's like yeah here you go and he's he's yeah. once he wants you to kill his his dude he yeah. wants you to he's <laughs> handing it to you on a plate and he's loving it and that's that's why he's so fun to watch is stuff like that and that's what you that's the number one thing that you can bring as a dm is just a connection to your players and to get out of you're, that mindset where it's you versus them like yeah, yeah you're trying to kill him you're not really trying to kill them kill you should them. be cheering as loud as the players when your player yeah. rolls a 20. it's mm -hmm. just the number one fan kind yeah. of yeah yeah and you want you don't want to you don't want to necessarily kill them you just want to give them a challenge so they they you feel like it was worth it yeah right? yeah Oh, I mean, you want to see the, us do the dance. Like, when we finally killed freaking Oral, we all danced. Oh, like, yeah. you want your players well, to do That was really that. exciting. So, spoiler for Rhyme of the Frostman, like our campaign, uh, Robin was having the worst time for, like, the last three episodes of the game. Like, wasn't, like, didn't get a single attack in against um, against the Lich. The Lich. Oh my uh, God, didn't, and just like so constantly was just like messing up and botching and messing up and botch couldn't and kept not being able to do anything because she didn't have any magic items and then they go up against Oral the Frost Maiden and I deliberately was like I'm gonna resurrect your character's dead sister as a zombie and throw her at you and I'm gonna do everything I can to hurt this character and you proceeded to kill Oral not once not twice but in all three of her forms you got the killing blow and that was not me fudging dice that was not me fudging numbers <laughs> that was legitimate and you got so damn excited it was oh, amazing I'm, so happy. It was so I'm, I'm getting excited talking about it again because i'm just like <laughs> oh, yes well, those like, are the okay. things you remember as a player and those are the stories you tell like 
I got to mic drop a couple of Lich's phylacteries once in a Pathfinder Ooh. game and just like walk up to like the giant's keep and like hold out the two Lich's phylacteries broken into pieces, drop them and teleport away. Like mm. fuck, like that's the best <laughs> moment of my life. <laughs> like yes, and and like I it was a decade ago, and it's still like one of my favorite memories. So like yeah, that, that's the stuff that your your people remember is let them get away with shit. Right. So got two questions real quick. I do want to say that ooh, I've got two comments actually. One from Rio who says that uh, he appreciates how uh, from one campaign to the other, our characters feel so different from each other. It's not just the player with a different coat of paint. Thank you. We try really hard. Yeah. Um, that's all. I, I'm so blessed yeah. that like so many of my friends are talented actors and, and pl performers and just players in general. Um, it's so good to be able to have this many mm -hmm. different personas. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Benny Keys says, uh, I've watched many of your characters, uh, only in the realms. I still keep catching up on Nern and Emery's. Please keep killing, but not killing, killing. I do my best. Um, <laughs> and uh, after Emery, was, there's going to be an uh, unnamed campaign uh, that is based around some stuff that uh, our friend Soul uh, in the chat has sponsored on our Patreon because you can create things for the game in Patreon. Uh, but it didn't fit anywhere else, so I have to run a whole damn new small campaign for it ah shit it's I gonna mean, be yes <laughs> so um actually there are two great questions that i want to touch on um so uh rio asked i've been having trouble with a player who is so eager to, eager to engage with a scene that i never finish describing and then other players don't mm -hmm. have all the information thoughts on dealing with that would be appreciated um for one i think it's good that the player is that en enthusiastic um that is it can be super annoying we've all been there with the whole like it's it's the monologue interrupt where it's like <laughs> fools you have come into my den of evil and i, I shall call a missile <laughs> <laughs> high five Krista. right um so where are you are you, are you are always gonna here. have dick <laughs> like dickish players that do that um i have a general rule at my table for like uh, things like that and for like using using spells in ways that are not technically outside of the rules but they're like oh i want to use this because the rules don't say that i can't and i'm like okay you can i can yeah then i'll start stabbing you in your sleep just gonna put that out there <laughs> like if you want to play the hyper effective not playing into the drama characters we can do that but i'm gonna nazgul you i'm just right um <laughs> And, uh, you know, so it, it really depends on your... And if your players are fine with that, cool. If they want to run gritty, dark, realistic rather than hyper-heroic, that's fine. Um, but as for, like, reading box descriptions or room descriptions, um, honestly, just be like, as you're describing the room, say, you know, so we'll, we'll do it. We'll do an example here. Somebody interrupt me. All right, so... Whoop, whoop, whoop. Not going to... A 12-foot-tall walking tree garland in, row, in golden ribbons. Oh, my God, can I climb it? Hold on just a second. There's more going on here than you realize. <laughs> Walks through the thoroughfare. Emerald clouds swirl above the tree, which you're gonna climb in a minute. And rain down golden. So like, so like you can do. You just just kind of be like, oh, hold on. Get excited about it. Be like, oh, oh, oh you haven't heard yeah. the best part. And then it doesn't matter if the best is like, oh, hold on. Like just just and, do like. There's a way to do it kindly without. But yeah. anyway. I mean, it becomes such a, a but wait, there's problem. more. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Kate, if it Kate. becomes a complete problem, like have a conversation to say, hey, like make sure, like maybe do a, even like a just a, 
to let me know that you want to do something, like do a little hand motion or something, hmm. so that I know to check in with you once I finish the description. Speaking yeah. of if it becomes like a really reoccurring issue. Yeah. So kick, and kick. also, like you were saying, like don't like don't let them think that you've forgotten it, but you'll climb in a minute. Like <laughs> yeah. you were you were very on that. Yeah. 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 So and as long honestly, as they don't they know that you aren't forgetting it, then they won't they probably won't interrupt you again. It's true. And if you if they keep doing it, what you can do is you whenever you read a description, you can just raise your hand and be like, Hold up. Yeah. So that they know that you can't interrupt while the, while you're holding up your finger or your <laughs> hand or whatever, right? You're just like, nope, this is you're 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 frozen in time as you enter the room, right? Well, <laughs> and I think I I think a lot of because I know I've been in, in situations where I've been like, okay, shit, they mentioned something, I want to be able to act before something happens or before someone else does something. Mm-hmm. So like maybe just prefacing it and saying, okay. I'm going to do a just quick description of the room. Nothing will happen to you and you will not miss an opportunity until I'm done. Box so, text. Like, and in, then <laughs> like in yeah. LARP where we had time freeze. Yeah. 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 DM so time, would call time freeze. Time freeze. Everybody has to freeze in the exact moment that they're moving in. Yeah. Like if you're walking forward, like starting to stumble forward, you freeze. And then he describes what's going on. Yeah. Like mm. this is you get this swirling thing description coming around you. And then he goes, okay, time freeze over. Yeah, exactly. Time freeze off. You know what's happened. And now Uh, you can act again. So, and apparently, Rio, you're saying that most of your stuff is voice over virtual tabletop. Uh, Then in that case, just just use that type of technique and say, all right, pause. Describe it. And and just establish, like, all right, so, hey, when I'm reading these descriptions, um, we'll act in whatever initiative order takes place. But until I'm done, until I say, like, you know, red light, green light, you know, squid game, um, <laughs> then, like... Y- or, you know, y- elementary school. <laughs> or elementary school, yeah. Same, same thing. S- same thing, like, right? Yes, Didn't so. you take elementary school? You know, I'm it. not going to make that joke. I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> I- I'm from oh, the States. I'm not going to make that joke. Um, oh, I also, I grew up in, mil- in the military, right? So we did have guns <laughs> at school. But it was like... Yeah. They were usually with soldiers, so... Um, well, yeah, right. You know what? We're gonna back off this one. I'm not going down this road uh, anymore. Just chew on my boot a little harder. Um, uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, and can you mute them? Uh, but yeah, just do like red light, green light, or like, hey, pause. All right, now what do you do? Right? Oh, I see you there. I see you. I see your mic keeps blinking, but I've muted you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> you're trying. Oh you're trying. Uh, what is Squid um, Game about? About ten episodes, I think. Um, Oh, wow. uh, um, I'd like to add to the like just being voiceover because uh, over on Nat 19 we are um, just a voiceover show like we mm-hmm. just do VO we don't do on camera or anything because we rely very heavily on like our character art mm-hmm. uh, so instead it's we it's are dope. spoiled by Hasme oh my god but anyway I could talk forever because beautiful art be pretty but um, what we started having to implement because we run into like we run into people like speaking up or like cutting each other off and stuff like that because we're all funny or we think we're funny. This goes for any group. Um, <laughs> but we actually are funny, so that's yeah, I know, right? And, and handsome and clever. Exactly. God, you're also fucking pretty. That's why Damn we it. have cameras, and you're and that nineteen doesn't. 
Damn! Excuse me, Nat 19 is full of hotties and hotties. Prove it, prove it. We're all just more, no, we're just more vain. hot as hell. Yeah, we're vain, we're vain. That sounds like you not getting evicted right there. Right? Listen. I'm the cute basement goblin, but anyway, what I was oh, going to say, going, what we going. started doing, because we play on uh, Fantasy Grounds and we use Discord, mm. uh, and Fantasy Grounds uh, has this wonderful little chat box where it like shows all your roles and stuff like that, uh, similar to Roll20, but better, uh, but anyway, um, mm. a lot more like implemented um, like coding and shit like that, it's a whole thing, but um, we've been trying to use the chat box and as well as like the discord chat to tell our jokes to each other because sometimes there's a really funny joke or a really funny comment that we want to make about like a monster or a scene that's happening but you don't want to interrupt someone's role player you don't want to interrupt the dm uh or someone's description of like a kill or something like that so we've started putting our um our jokes or our comments in our chats and I found that, like, we've all found in the group that that has really helped a whole lot to uh, alleviate, like, any interruptions. So maybe uh, with your group, try to, like, make a request that if someone has a chat or something they want to do, post it in the chat. Because uh, Well, I then it's timestamp, too. So if there's, like, an yeah. order of operations, it's like, well. Exactly. Uh, we had um, a fairly mansion gamey uh, session for our Princes of the Apocalypse uh, campaign. It's great. And we're like, my character and uh, my friend Logan's character, they were off on like a date. And Logan was like, cool, there's something else going on. Uh, but message to DM, hey, as soon as the scene is done, I want to talk to Regan. Yeah. To like make sure that happens, so then you're not interrupting the flow of a scene, but the DM has that message that they can see, and then they can jump on it. It and just I, I find, especially with just VO games, that really has helped. And I think that one of the things that um, newer DMs and, and GMs uh, struggle with is, and it's something that was mentioned earlier, which is players not being given as much like the DMs trying to hold on too tight. Mm -hmm. And the more information and agency you give your players, if they're if they're mature enough players that they will like not just immediately be like, like the Michael Scott improv, I have a gun, right? Um, if if they're if they're decent players, um, the more information they give you, the more you have to work with, and the more agency you give them. Like I, in a lot of like I don't know in Wild Beyond the Witchlight, I was like, I you know what guys, I, what does a hamster sound like? I just let them pick. Mm, I didn't have anything Sean prepared Connery. for the hamster. I forgot. That was Sean Connery. I'm like, okay, this is going to be weird. Here we go. And I think that was more fun to watch, too. It was so funny. Uh, well, and like, for Witchlight, I'm having, I'm trying to be careful because when being a bit stupid or just silly and a bit thoughtless does interrupt because I'm reacting to what the NPC is saying in the moment and I'm trying to pick my moment so I only do it once in a while so it doesn't get irritating I think you've I think been doing been, it so well it's been it's perfect been, especially like good. when the goblin the like bubble pot teapot was all like yeah. trying to explain uh, blah 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 and when she's like do I not get to ride I want to <laughs> go on the ride I don't yeah, want to just... understand <laughs> just cutting him off like 
it is hard uh, to play a fun, dumb character, and you have really, really won. Yeah. Like, it is just... You're... Mwah. That archetype is I'm trying is really hard favorite. to pick my point. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so... Uh, I need to let's we need to start wrapping this up in a couple of minutes because I want Krista to go rest up so that she is able to come and play next week uh, for episode four when we get to Heather. Oh god, it's gonna be so two, good. Two games back to back. Two games back. No. Sunday. Oh, what's Sunday? That's Deadlands. Oh crap! You're right because you got to get out of heal up because we're starting our deadline. I'll tell you about that when we do the closing. So we have one more question that I'm going to use here. Um, frog okay i'll do two more quick questions um okay so you're good at enabling players to role play do you know of any accidental things dms might do that shut down players rping uh yeah you you, you keep going and don't let them talk give give, give them quiet moments um, that's literally the number one thing you describe something and like i think the best way to do it um my, my personal rule when i'm running live and like on on, on screen is i do a mental count of three um, you can do it a little faster in person uh, or as much as a count to five if it's a dramatic moment. But I'm like, you know, you walk in here and you see this and you do this. And if nobody takes the bait, I might suggest something else. You know, oh, there's a creek in the corner. You see a mouse run out. The mouse has a gun. <laughs> he wants you to help him kill the man that killed his father. <laughs> right? Does he have six fingers? Oh, man, I am in. Let's go. I'm helping right. this mouse. Um, so I think abandoned that... the entire module. We're oh, yeah. Mouse. yeah. Welcome to Mouse Quest. Love him. Being open to flavor. Like, because I know there's been a few times in when I've played under other people that it just felt like if I was trying to do anything flavorful, it got too bogged down in actually trying to make it work and be like crunchy with like rolls and like actually doing it properly and she's like well no i'm i'm a fucking bard i just want to do a cool performance and do this cool thing it's not meant to actually influence anything i just want to have this cool moment that's just yeah for flavor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if you kind like... of bog that down that can be really well what's the point yeah that was thing? that like that was kind of like at the snail races like i didn't participate in the snail race and like i didn't care if i got to affect anything or roll something I, like it didn't i just wanted to like i was like oh well this is what he's doing right it's just to have color in your world and you know and if you want to say oh i you know like my magic missile is purple like who cares right like yeah or or okay well my when I summon animals, they're statted as velociraptors, but I want them to be geese. Yeah. Like, the, right? Sure. Are you sure a velociraptor has enough stats for a goose? Yeah, exactly. T-Rex, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Just um, a very big goose. A very, no, just very, very, very... It's just a goose. It just takes that much surface area to stretch out the power of a goose. Only a goose can handle that. Um, so yeah, I mean, just like let your let, give give it room to breathe, right? Like there is. Um, I was just watching some videos recently on cooking velocity. I believe it was cooking inertia about how uh, the best chefs understand that like meat continues to cook and vegetables continue to cook after you remove them from the stove. So it's the same thing with acting and role playing. Like if if you give it something a second to breathe, like the the scene will expand to fit. Um, sometimes and you just got to be comfortable with a little bit of silence 
besides that, um, I don't think I have enough time to really get into any of the other questions. Uh, but there was a really quick one about what do you do with players who don't like the spotlight or the uh, or the ball, like passing the ball to them. Uh, find out what they do like. Uh, find out what they do, uh, what they do want, and uh, and roll with that. Because like, I mean, a lot of people don't really uh, don't really dig the whole, I don't know, performative aspect of D and D because it is a game, and people sometimes just want to play it as a game. But um, find out what they do like, and uh, the number one thing you can do, in my opinion, and please everybody weigh in on our way out, is to make people feel cool. Yeah. And that doesn't yep. al always mean, like, giving them center stage. Krista. Yeah, uh, the first character I ever played, I, I chose to play as Mute. Because hmm. I was like, I don't I don't know how to... Like, I was, you know, like, 14. We were playing a vampire game. And I, like, had no idea. I'd ne like, I improv in school, but I'd never done this kind of thing. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to make a character that's Mute. And then I can just say what she does and learn the system by watching and not having to be a huge participant and if there's someone at your table that just wants to describe their actions or say i say this because they're not comfortable with that aspect then whatever right like you don't have to be the center of attention someone mm. will be yeah it's always about being cool anybody have anything to add to that on our way out all right no not that i can think of so I just say lots of people get into D and D because they want to feel cool. And yeah, like lots of people like want to make their characters do things that they think are cool, whether or not they can in real life. So they want some aspect of themselves to be cool. So yeah, yeah. let your character be cool. Exactly. Um, on our way out, I just wanted to say, uh, Christine, you got the best compliment I've ever seen in a chat. Your character's dumbness was compared on par with Grog's from Critical Role Campaign Aww. One. And I think that, like, as the, my favorite character from that campaign, I'm like, damn, that's good. So thank that, you so that much That was that. Travis, wasn't it? Yep. That was Travis, yeah. yeah. I love Travis's mm -hmm. character so much. <laughs> um, that character was so good. I didn't actually really watch it, but I have heard enough about it and heard the character speak a few times. Well, this, I know the who series that is. is dropping soon. That's just like, so cute. Oh, dude, I'm so I'm excited. So excited. It drops next year. Which I do like the idea, oh, uh, Indie Mama and Rio, of... The whole like evil sentient weapon that Gwen turns chaotic good just out of like cluelessness. All right, that's really funny. So, folks, uh, on our way out here, I just want to say really quickly thank you for tuning in. Um, we were keeping steady with like sixty plus viewers all night asking questions. Uh, hopefully, if you're watching this later, we answered what you needed to hear to help make your Wild Beyond the Witchlight game or whatever game you're running a little bit better. Uh, I want to move more into instructional elements in the future for the channel as well so hopefully this was a good litmus test of whether or not you like that and anything that i can do to change the format up um let me know leave some comments uh, join our discord and talk about it there um it's in all of our video descriptions and if you're listening on podcasts there as well uh, i also want to quickly thank all of uh our, our upper level tiers on patreon uh so for example our three divine patrons who have created gods for our home setting uh the divine dm michael gray who's right in the chat right now as well as uh as jade who's in the chat right now as well and has a whole campaign coming her way uh as well as shulton who was here earlier and i think has gone to bed because he's down in a different hemisphere um 
but uh, thank you so much for your support. It really means the world. And I also want to say uh, thank you to our princess of the Patreon, which is Buddy1977, who's a fantastic person, and Taryn, who has been with us since almost the beginning and is just phenomenal person if you want to join them and get additional content uh, access to uh, games that have been uh, recorded so that I can take a day off occasionally and broadcast then or to a podcast that we release once a month now that is behind the scenes stuff mostly us just like shooting the shit and having fun uh, you can go ahead and go there I think it's like 10 bucks a month gets you the podcast 5 bucks a month gets you everything else and then a buck a month is I don't know gives you some stuff it's nice um, and it helps us grow and it's uh, it's nice uh, besides that you can go and check out tons of other Dork Tales content it's a little quiet this week because we ha- are adjusting to a schedule change uh, but uh, you can generally find us here uh, running this game every Monday night uh, with the exception of uh, in two weeks we're running on a Tuesday because it's someone's birthday on the Monday and then we're away for a week because of uh, because of a retreat where all the Dork Tales people are going to go uh, and, and retreat it's gonna be nice um, also quick reminder that at the end or at the beginning of the month uh, on November 567 I think it is uh on november 567 we are participating once again in extra life so uh if you have any uh any dollars or cents and would like to put them towards a tax deductible charity uh we are going to be running 12 games over three days in support of the bc children's hospital and extra life or uh, wherever the player who receives the donations is from and uh it's it's fantastic Uh, it goes to a wonderful cause and several of our players actually are here on this planet because of the BC Children's Hospital. Um, strangely enough, a lot of nerds have health problems <laughs> when they're young, <laughs> uh, or maybe even today. And so, um, who knows? You might be uh, supporting like the next stream that you like in twenty years, or you know, maybe your kids' friends' stream or something like that. I don't know. There's so much cool stuff that this can do. Um, thank you so much. We do a lot of, we, we really love Extra Life. Extra Life is part of the excuse for this channel because Caitlin was doing this and I was like, I could, I could do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all Caitlin's fault. Um, but come check it out and help uh, pick stuff like uh, my next hair color. It's true. Or my, my beard Highest style. Donation. That. Or where I get a tattoo. Yeah. That's Extra Life. I'm putting our bodies on the line. Mm-hmm. I'll auction off my hair this year. I'll do it. Or Will hair you? color. Jeez, I'll, I was gonna make I'll masks. Do hair I color. that was. <laughs> I do a tattoo within reason if I had a choice. I... A choice. I don't have any tattoos yet, so that's. Neither that's do I. Thing. But uh, <laughs> at a tattoo shirt, Uncle Sharky's like, no, I'm just gonna get a needle. We're prison tatting it up. I mean, the thing right. is, Sylvester. <laughs> Sylvester designed me a cool tattoo for extra life. You're so just gonna get it right here. Or yeah. Get your, get your cutie mark right on the cheekbone. Oh my god. It's gonna be on your butt. Oh yeah, because it has to be on your cutie mark. It has to be on your ass. It's on my flank. Um, Alright, folks, that is going to be it for us tonight. We will see you next Monday for uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, Episode 4. If you like what we do here, give us a follow, give us a sub. It always helps. And uh, don't forget that we have a lot of other stuff on the content. A lot of other content on the, the channel, which you should check out. I've been talking a lot. Um, we'll see you in the next video. Good night, Dork Tales Presents Wild Beyond the Witchlight is a Dork Tales production. It features Kelly Clark as the Dungeon Master. It stars Hayden Davio as Nico Freya, Robin Halford as Cecira Novus, Krista Mitchell as Isaac Rinaldi, Christine Rattray as Gwendolyn Shafra, and Caitlin Vinkel as Luthien Aradel.
to watch episodes live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific. Tune into twitch.tv slash dorktales, or you can catch us later on YouTube at youtube.com slash dorktales. Our opening and closing theme is Carousel by Monument Studios. If you like what we do here, you can help us grow by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dorktales. Speaking of which, I'd like to take a minute to thank all of our patrons at patreon.com slash dorktales, starting with our Patreon producers. Our divine producers, DM Michael Gray, the great and powerful, Shulton, who leveled up to a god, but still has the right kind of evil, and our new divine producer, Jade, the maker of monsters. Our princes of the Patreon, Taryn, the original Dorktales fangirl, and Dustin, our time-traveling buddy from 1977. Our level 20 heroes, Jan Clark, who's my, my mom, Bob Kessler, Dave, also known as Froggy Legs, our level 10 hero, Trizelta, also known as James Bododge, our very important patrons, who donate five or more dollars per month, Mike McGee and their glorious nails, an actual guinea pig, Dale Cope, the eternal student of life, Camille, who may be six possums in a trench coat, Evan, longtime listener, first time patron, Mike Baxter, first of his name, Jason Tudor, the mayor of Icewind Dale, Krista Mitchell, the Siege FX engine, the great and powerful Nacro, Rio, but without the OZ, United Adventure Company, Robin Holford, the Wine Master, and our Dork Squad, Jen Peters, Caitlin, Amy, Batran, and Willem and Isolde. If you'd like to hear your name at the end of these episodes and get access to exclusive perks, feel free to join us on patreon.com slash dorktales. Dorktales survives on the generosity of our patrons, and I can't express how grateful I am to each and every one of you for your support. Thank you so much, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to reach out, you can find us on the Dorktales Discord. We hope you join us, and we'll see you in the next episode.